Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Three days before WrestleMania 34, the main event of WrestleMania 35 is in progress as Conor McGregor goes mad across New York in the venue of next year's WrestleMania, already booking himself into that position. What a genius. But we should not really go too far into the future. We should stay really where we are in the present. And as I say, recording this on the Thursday, just three days before WrestleMania 34. I've asked him this question the last few weeks on the podcast. I'm going to ask it again. Paul, how's the WrestleMania finger? Oh, mate, you know, I I am so genuinely excited for this, right? More so than any card since we've been running Hooked on events. More so than since we're doing this podcast. Genuine, genuine excitement. On paper, and I know that's no indication of final quality, but on paper... This is the best wrestling card in 15 years. Wow. Um, And I'll tell you, it's the best wrestling card since WrestleMania 19, in my opinion. And my excitement levels could not be higher. In fact, the only thing that comes close to it, actually, is as a a sort of dampener. Was it WrestleMania 26 when Bret Hart came back? Yeah. Was that the one where he fought Vince McMahon? Yeah. That one was immense on paper also. Not quite as good as this, but immense. And it was a pretty ropey one when it came down to it. So let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But I think they have presented us the best possible card. I don't, you know, unlike any year for the past, for you know, for the past five or six, you wouldn't make that many changes to this card. Within the realms of possibility, you wouldn't make that many changes, I don't think. Well, it's a big statement. It's, a, it's an opening of the show full of big statements. Um, I'm going to also say that I think the WrestleMania 26 uh, issue was more that the build was incredible. I suppose that's a good card. Yes. But I think the build was so good. All the stories, all the TV and the run-up um, was excellent. This is We talked about this on the podcast last week. This was the time where WWE were head-to-head with TNA for that short, <laughs> short run on a Monday. And WWE really stepped it up and showed them who was boss. So... Um, that's perhaps part of it, but yeah, I think the WrestleMania 26 build was so awesome that I'm not sure the actual show um, really could have lived up. Do you know what? We're so excited about WrestleMania 34 this weekend. Um, I have neglected to do my hosting jobs correctly, so I will uh, restart. Hi, everyone. My name is Rob McNichol. Welcome to the Hooked On podcast. This is the show that is the Suns Hooked On Wrestling. And joining me, and you've just heard some of his outrageous opening thoughts, but I will introduce him properly as his just due. Uh, that is the king of Hooked on Wrestling. <laughs> the supremo, the boss, the head honcho numero uno showbiz, Paul Benson. How you doing, mate? 
Yeah, good, Rob. Hello, everybody. And you know what? That very, very kind and um, and generous introduction I will take for just this week because I tell you, listeners and people who are coming to our party, I don't toot my own horn very often, but I have been working my fingers to the bone for the past 10 days. Well before that, but literally 15-hour days every day to get these parties ready and rocking. And I'm going to take a second to give myself a wee little pat on the back for that hard work so rob you can you can get away with that introduction again this time but i will be squirming with embarrassment if it ever comes out again well to be fair the next time it's likely to come out again will probably be three days before SummerSlam because that'll be the next time you you know pay me some money for something so <laughs> um i need to uh, just be in the right position to uh so just when you're when you're taking those notes out of your wallet on Sunday, <laughs> just remember, I'll give you a, a remember little, the most recent. Does that mean extra, gonna, oh, didn't he say a nice thing on the podcast on Thursday? Am I going to get an easy ride? Am I going to get an easy ride? I, I tell you what, what I'm going to do then, mate. I'm going to. I, I don't want to break with tradition too much. I need to put you in a fairly bad mood. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to oh, get in early and tell you what I'm drinking um, today. Normally, instead of having, you know, normally I'll, I'll alternate between either a glass of nice red wine or. Uh, or a cup of tea, frankly. Yeah. But I'm doing something very, very, very out of the ordinary for me. I'm having a beer in the house, which is once in an absolute, literally once a year. If I've not got company around, I just do not drink beer in the house ever. Okay. I'm drinking a Cornish IPA from St. Austell's Brewery. Well, do you know what? So you think you're going to wind me up because I'm a Devonian and you're going to try and wind me up with a Cornish. That's, that's, that's exactly what you're, that's what you're trying to do. Um, like I'm going to... Uh, take too much offence I actually I actually am uh, I, I go a couple of different ways on St Austell Brewery but uh, generally speaking I like them they are uh, they are sponsors of my football club from the Thargar okay. we work with them they're good people so um, I'm going to suggest that your uh, your Cornish beer I don't know exactly the one you're having I'm not sure of the, the IPA in their brand but I do know that uh, um, Tribute is a very fine beer as is uh, as his proper job so there are some uh, some excellent St Austell Brewery uh ales out there so I'm going to applaud your um, applaud your um, tasting on this case damn it god damn it it's actually a proper job that's what it's called maybe because I need to get one Um, but yeah wow okay damn I mean the other thing is I did once apply for a job with St. Austell Brewery and they turned me down and didn't give me an interview but that's not the point (laughs) that's not the point that doesn't make them doesn't make them bad people it just means they have uh, poor tasting employees um, Agreed. But uh, that's just the way things go, isn't it? But uh, no, they're fine people that uh, uh, say Norstall. So a proper job, uh, a good Devon and Cornwall saying. I think we should say that more on the uh, more on the podcast. So uh, this is, I'm going to refer to it as the proper job WrestleMania from now on. Get on. Are we, should, we, should we just pretend they're our sponsors for the sake of this podcast? No, because they don't do any gluten-free. So um, <laughs> if they start doing some uh, some right. gluten-free tribute, that'd be uh, be something. But okay. I am so, so I am do... back I am back with the uh, the San Miguel. Uh, gluten-free this evening. Is it? Would you say Miguel or Miguel? San Miguel. Yeah, I think it's a word. I think it's got a word. I'm not sure about that. Okay. But, uh, we're going so, with the San Miguel. So let's go with this then. Paul's half of the podcast, or should I say more accurately, Paul's 20% of the podcast, sponsored by Proper <laughs> Job by St. Austell Brewery. Oh, I'm gonna, I, will, I will let you talk a little bit more tonight. Maybe maybe 33%. I don't know. But uh, Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I think I, I actually sense you've got slightly more... Um, vehement opinions about WrestleMania than I have. I'm very much looking forward to it, but I feel like you're a little bit more passionate about it. I think because you've lived it a bit more over the last few weeks, really, you know, getting yeah, your gnashes into it and uh, and diving in, whereas I've sort of, well, I've started to feel it on the uh, 
on the drive up to London on uh, on Saturday uh, on Sunday. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> surely you do. Um, <laughs> Paul and I will be at the Clapham Grand on Sunday for WrestleMania 34. Uh, Clapham Ground is where we will be hosting our London portion um, of the London portion. Makes it sound like WrestleMania 2, like we're doing it in different venues. <laughs> <laughs> but where WrestleMania 2 Fucking only went for the minibus. <laughs> where they only went for um, uh, for three different venues. We're doing 25, uh, yes. and I don't believe that uh, Susan St James is going to be at any of them doing her uh, bad commentary and saying the word George quite a lot. Um, but uh, <laughs> as I recall, that she did. Uh, but uh, it's going to be great fun, 25 different places uh, around the UK, indeed 24 around the UK, uh, and one in the great country of Canada in Calgary, the great wrestling city of Calgary, um, all hosting WrestleMania parties under the Hooked on Wrestling banner, and I'm going to do one more little bit of uh, sucking up to the boss before we go on to uh, our normal antagonistic relationship, but uh, mate, I'm very proud of you, this all started from, uh, we often say this, but it all started from four or five bloody idiots in Camden dressing up like wrestlers and having a beer at the end of the TNA tour and seven, six, seven years later you're running 25 venues and there's probably going to be somewhere between three and four thousand people coming to a hooked on party it's I, uh, pretty I wild, raise man. a bottle of San Miguel gluten free to you good sir thank you so much and you know it has, you know, just to give us because us, you know you've been as big a part of this as, as anybody else mate just to give us a little pat on the back for a second and thank you everybody for supporting us either by listening to this podcast coming out to our events interacting with us on social media because I'm really proud to say and I don't I'll be honest I don't technically know exactly what this means but Michael Cole would be happy with this anyway today Hooked on Wrestling was trending on Twitter for the first time ever yeah, that is um, that is something. Um, it really is, isn't it? We, I don't we, understand the magnitude. I don't yeah, we don't really know what, do we? We, we no. know it's something, but we sort of don't know what. Paul texted me earlier on today and said, we're trending on Twitter, and I went, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was <laughs> we kind of my thoughts as well. It's pretty good. Now, listen, we've been, we've been a little bit deliberately silly here. We know that that means there were a lot of people talking about us for a certain period of time. That is, if you don't know why, then you missed the boat around 1 p.m., uh, Thursday uh, afternoon UK time because we were part of well, this is a really cool thing I think we were part of Wrestlemania giveaway is that what they call it Wrestlemania giveaway week Wrestlemania, uh, WrestleMania week hashtag WrestleMania, WrestleMania. Yep. hashtag WrestleMania week the giveaways officially via WWE uh, they showed us a little bit of love and th- indeed they approached us and they asked if we could uh, um, bring us uh, sort of on board as it were on one of their giveaways so we have uh, a VIP guest coming purely from uh, from, I think, was it purely from sharing the tweet? Was it was that was that the uh, the criterion? I can't remember what uh, he had to do, but uh, um, just by getting involved in that giveaway, uh, we have a VIP uh, customer coming to the, uh, or not even a customer, VIP guest uh, coming to our show. But plenty of people shared uh, the love and shared hooked on wrestling uh, all over the place on Twitter. So hopefully, uh, a few more people will come along on Sunday, and indeed, a few more people may know what we're all about and if you are listening to if you happen to be listening to this for the first time i can't believe that's true by the way but if you if you are listening to this for the first time uh, then thank you for joining us this week of all weeks perhaps you're just trying to get as much wrestlemania uh, listening in as you can and trust me we will soon get on to some wrestlemania chat but in the first place if you're in the uk or if you're in canada uh, there are 25 parties paul's going to give you the, the, the venues in there in a short while uh, but you can come and you can enjoy wrestlemania with us we will be open Depending on the venue, but some point around sort of half seven, eight, half, half seven, eight o'clock or so in the evening, uh, for a couple of hours, we will be doing things such as our famous 
Hooked on Wrestling Quiz. We'll be marvelling at some of the uh, the outfits that people will wear as they come along, playing some wrestling music. DJ Stevie Cox, who is our head of sound, let's call him, has been, wor- <laughs> has been working unbelievably hard trying to get the right mix of stuff together. So... I, uh, at some point on Sunday I know I'm going to enrage him because I'm going to go Steve I'm just going to do an announcement and he's going to go no there's a good bit coming because he's going to be he's working so hard on getting all the uh, the mix of all the music right not just for the London one it's more for the fact that he sort of does some of the music in house and then sends it out to the other uh, the other venues but he's uh, he's doing his bit he's working very hard to get that right so it's not going to be just your generic pop music in the background no you're just as likely to hear the four horsemen theme followed by doink followed by I'm an ass man followed by um, Alex the Pug Porto I, I, anything could be happening on in Steve's brain uh, but it'll and be he, sh- he, shared, he shared music with whom? I beg your pardon say that again? Alex the Pug Porto oh with, uh, with uh, the Steiner brothers I taught you that so that's don't oh. ask me don't ask that's me quite, don't ask me fair questions enough. back at me that was like, <laughs> about 43 weeks ago I asked you that one because it's the, uh, the song for the University of Michigan um, there you go but so yes, all that's going on during the evening. Then from ten o'clock, um, where where possible, uh, Paul will correct me in a minute if I'm wrong. But where possible, we will be showing uh, matches from the pre-show. We will be having some of our own goings on as well. So we will try and time things, and we will try and revolve around different things. Um, it might not be the clear sit back and just watch the whole pre-show, but we will be trying to integrate because we know that plenty of you are interested in what goes on, particularly. Uh, battle yep. royal wise um, so we are a little bit more sensitive to the pre-show at Wrestlemania than we are the other other ones you other, know, par- other parts of the year there's you know any old matches that go on the pre-show but uh, for Mania Paul um, I think people want to uh, watch a little bit they want to see it they want to see it and that's fair and I'll be quite I'll be I'll be straightforward basically we 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 keep pride ourselves in keeping to uh, broadcast regulations and adhering to what our partners lay down as the rules and the right rules I'm from a TV broadcast background and I don't like to for want of a better word pirate anything um, it was always completely against the rules to play either the network or YouTube so we couldn't play the pre-show simple as that it's not because we didn't want to it's because if we were going to stick by the rules and that's what made us you know one of the reasons it made us as, as wide reaching as we are we couldn't do it now we can so um, we're going to show the pre-show we are not going to be putting it on for two hours and sitting back Wrestlemania is going to be long long enough as it is frankly you can watch these things at home we're throwing a party and we want to use that party to build the atmosphere up for Wrestlemania sitting there and listening to Rene Young talking to Mick Foley and Lita for 20 minutes is not conducive to a party so um, we will be showing all the matches with audio no problem but we will not be showing we will not be having the audio on between matches we might have the visuals we might not um but we certainly won't be sitting there and listening to those behind the desk espn sports center type bits and bobs and watching a million promo packages for two hours no sir correct so that we will uh, we will do our best to uh, uh to fill in both ends uh of that particular spectrum we'll have fun with us but we'll also uh, uh try and keep you abreast i do remember last year i think we were trying to start the costume contest um, and people were rather, rather distracted watching on their uh, on their phones and, and whatever about um, uh, Killian Dane nearly winning the battle royal, and it was just there was no competition, so we just waited until the end. So yes, we are uh, sensitive of, uh, of people's needs. Anyway, so it's going to be a great night. We've got all those things going on, uh, prizes to be given away, uh, fun to be had, and of course the WrestleMania show itself from midnight uh, all the way through until about 
midday the following day or whenever it is it's going to finish this year um, but uh, Paul give us the venues so wherever people are listening they can hear what their nearest venue is or perhaps their most desirable okay guys if you know this already feel free to go and get a cuppa um, no, join in. Time. join in play a little game at home try and guess. Time. see how many see how many you get pause pause, try and pause guess the, pod. the next one see how many of the 25 you can get I'll wait you pause it right here we go so we have got uh, and I'm going to touch on availability for a few of them that are very close to selling out as well so bear with um, London at the Clapham Grand our big flagship party we have sold a bundle of tickets we're always probably the biggest wrestling party that there's ever been at the Grand we've got about 30 to 40 tickets left that's nothing over the time we've got just to put that into perspective we had about 410 in for Royal Rumble if any of you guys were there um, we've already gone way over that so there are not many left get in London Bridge is our VIP party slightly different much smaller more intimate everyone gets a seat with a table and a meal and a drink included in the price um, much better looking host um at Clapham Grand but um, Andy Shepard from WWE is not too shabby himself um, but we've literally got two tickets left to go there um, get them now if they're still available to this or, or miss out uh, Manchester we are also on track to be our biggest ever party in Manchester um, 350 is the biggest we've ever had there we are about 30 away from reaching that it's a very big bar so you don't have to worry about availability but it's going to be our biggest ever party in Manchester Leeds um, we are about 70 or 80 tickets away from a sellout there again it's going to be our biggest ever in Leeds we're also in Watford we're in Nottingham we're in Birmingham where again about 40 tickets left it's going to be our biggest ever party in Birmingham we've got Bournemouth we've got Newbury we've got Derby Leicester Sheffield Cleethorpes Chester we have sold out our first venue in Newcastle, which is Asper's Casino. So we've been forced to put on a second venue at the uh, Stein Beer Keller. That's there. Glasgow, that's going to sell out too. There's going to be 500 people minimum in there. You guys go crazy. If you've never been to a party in Glasgow, the Royal Man was in, insane. This one's going to be even better. We're in Bristol. We're in Luton. We're in Lincoln. We're in Beverly. We're in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which we're so excited about. We're in York. We're in Brighton. And we're in Chelmsford. Outstanding. Outstanding. Is it going to be our uh, biggest ever show in Watford? It will be our biggest ever show in Watford. Yes, I can categorically say that uh, about three and a half hours after tickets went on sale, it became our biggest ever show in Watford. When we sold our first ticket because we'd never been there before. There you go. But uh, the, uh, the great Doug Williams, I believe, is doing Watford. Is that right? He most certainly is, yes. Doug He's Williams our in, man. Doug Williams in Watford and... Uh, very happy about uh, keeping him on board and lots of other really, really terrific um, hosts all over the place. Uh, a bit later on in the show, we're going to do some uh, WrestleMania chat just now. A little bit later on, we'll come back and uh, just remind you of a couple of points about WrestleMania uh, as far as going to a hooked on party. And we'll go into a little bit more detail on some of our hosts uh, at that point. Uh, but just finally, before we get into some uh, match by match breakdowns and some predictions and all that good stuff. Uh, Paul, um, just tell us where people can buy those tickets for the where they uh, still have availability. Yeah, sure. Very simply, guys, you can either go to ringsideworld.co.uk or you can go to hookedonevents.co.uk forward slash store. If you want any information about any of the venues or hooked on or anything else, you can go to facebook.com forward slash ho wrestling. And if you want to follow our irreverent nonsense, then go and get us on Twitter at ho underscore wrestling. <clears throat> that is correct and hey. oh boy has there been some nonsense <clears throat> this week 
all sorts of shenanigans going on on our social media this week. I couldn't believe this. A little insight into my life, okay? All glamour. Tuesday night. There I am, doing my new normal rock and roll Tuesdays. I was playing darts in Newton Abbott, right? And it, well, I wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't quite my turn to go on. I was waiting for, uh, for, my, for my leg. And uh, the phone goes. Paul Benson. Here's a video to watch. Not going live yet. Don't share it yet. But, uh, you know, keep this under your hat. But look at this. And so I'm in a, in a bar in a, in a relatively sleepy Devon town about to play darts. And I'm watching a video of Double J, Jeff Jarrett. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E, Double T, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Talking to Zack Ryder in front of a WWE Hall of Fame backdrop. backdrop in the Smackdown Arena in the Smackdown Arena talking to the camera with Zack Ryder about Hooked on Events and about With My Baby Tonight and if that wasn't surreal enough the following day there's Drake Maverick aka Rockstar Spud the GM of 205 Live talking down the lens and talking about With My Baby Tonight and Hooked on Events I don't know what's going on here quite frankly I'm appalled (laughs) <laughs> Everyone else is talking about, isn't this great? Isn't this wonderful? Blah, blah, blah. It's not, because I've been stitched up. Because last <laughs> week on the podcast, I said, if Paul could get With My Baby Tonight into the charts, then I would sing the song live on stage in London. I thought Paul had come up with the idea off the top of his head, was BSing me, and was just thinking that he could tweet a couple of people and try and get something, you know, listen, I know how hard I worked, I know how hard wrestling memes worked, and several others when we were trying to get Fandango into the charts, and all we could get was a little cursory mention from the uh, from the host saying, well, Fandango didn't quite make it. So I know how hard we worked, and I'm thinking there's Benson on his own in his bedroom trying to sort this stuff out. And then Jarrett is tweeting about it, and then the Road Dog is tweeting about it, and then Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson and Drake Maverick and... Zack Ryder and oh my god it's everywhere and now I can't turn on my bloody computer for someone saying with my baby tonight here's some people singing with my baby tonight here's Double J in the arena talking about with my baby tonight you've got me worried (laughs) well look mate what I'm going to do I'm going to make a deal with you right now oh by the way I'll, I'll just give you a little bit I haven't told you this I genuinely haven't told you this I spoke to Jeff last night and he said what's Rob McNichol's deal (laughs) <laughs> and I said what and he said is he, has he got a problem has he got a problem because he's seen all your negative tweets and obviously he didn't know the backstory to it I said no don't worry Rob's an arsehole <laughs> no actually not quite I said Rob plays the plays the heel in our little setup. I said that's exactly I said I explained that you'd been uh, threatening to uh, sing the song live on stage now what, you part of that. now what are you doing now what, what's going on now what's, what's this bit now what? You don't. What, we've sat here and had an argument. We're sitting. I did it again. Sitting. We were sitting here two weeks ago having an argument on this podcast about mixing kayfabe and reality and talking about the bloody Matt Hardy stuff. And now I'm doing a little bit of a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna admit it. Okay. If you didn't, I'm sure you saw through it. I was doing a bit. I was doing a little in character play up. Oh, I don't want to sing on stage. I don't care, right? I'm just messing about. But I was just trying to, it's just a silly way of trying to market it. My way of doing it is rather than going, yeah, buy this, I'm going to say, don't buy it, it's rubbish. Because, and then no one likes me, so they'll do the opposite to embarrass Rob, right? That's the bit I was trying to do. It's kind of been, <laughs> daylight let it been in upon magic, and Paul's revealed it by telling me something that I, I didn't, genuinely didn't know when he was telling me that. 
And of course, clearly, I'm trying to do a little char- <laughs> in-character bit. Anyway, you've ruined the whole thing. Well, he was it? laughing. But what I was coming to, mate, is um, I think people will be listening to this on Friday morning. The polls have closed now. Unless I'm very much mistaken, sadly, we've not made it. Oh. We've not we've not made it. You know, I think, unfortunately, what scuppered us is, A, it was Easter, and B, we really needed, to make a dent here, we really needed WWE to get behind us. And unfortunately, the way these big companies work, for an event like WrestleMania, their whole PR schedule and their marketing schedule yeah. is rigidly set out months ahead of time. There just wasn't the flexibility within that within that sort of framework to stick what we're doing in. And as much, and I know I spoke to guys in WWE, they loved it right at the very top, but corporate culture comes first and that's understandable. So unfortunately we didn't quite get that momentum we needed to get where we need to be. I'm really proud of the effort and thank you for everyone that got behind it and bought it and spread the word because it was a hell of an effort. I'm going to find out how many copies we actually sold. Um, after it's all come out you're not allowed to find that information beforehand but in the next couple of weeks I'll find it out and everyone did a brilliant job um, obviously we've not made that child by donation target but I want to try and I want to I want to still give some money away to Connor's Cure I want to do it so I'm going to set this Rob I'm going to I'm going to make you a deal okay right I'm going to make you a deal right here right now okay if we can raise £300 I'll I'll, I'll preface that I'm going to donate £300 to Connor's Cure right on the night and if we can get that matched in donations will you sing with my baby tonight on the stage on Sunday Um, if if I can get that matched by the Hooked On fans in the next three days over with an appeal will you sing it on stage you may have more success trying to raise the money to make me not sing. I don't know. <laughs> have, I tell you what, you might want to try and raise a petition up to try and ra- put some money in um, so that Rob doesn't host the show and you might make about 25 grand. But um, I don't know. But uh, listen, yeah, listen, I'm not going to turn down something for charity, am I? Listen, is it all joking aside and all messing around and, and accidentally offending Jeff Jarrett aside... <laughs> Um, listen, it's a fab. It's a, it really is genuinely a, a, a good cause. Um, some people turn their nose up at WWE about it, and I just think, well, uh, they can't win. Sometimes WWE, you say that they're a horrible, big, evil corporation, and then when they try and do something nice, ah, uh, they're only doing it for PR. So listen, they can't win. Um, they could have shut up about all of this a long time ago, um, and just got on with doing wrestling, uh, and no one had batted an eyelid. But I choose to believe that they genuinely care I think the young man Connor McCallick um, I think genuinely touched a lot of people's lives you can't tell me that what you saw no in the doubt. eyes of Daniel Bryan wasn't genuine and I know a lot of those wrestlers were genuinely affected by young Connor's story um, I look at a, a, an example in this country um, uh, regarding you know Jermaine Defoe and um, yeah. young Bradley Lowry and the whole neuroblastoma thing and just that was a genuine story which genuinely touched a lot of people and I think Jermaine Defoe came out looking like a hero and I don't think for a second that was any sort of PR push um, by Jermaine Defoe's people I think he genuinely was touched by a story and I think that's true for Daniel Bryan and, and for WWE so listen whatever you think of the motives behind um, Connor's Cure and the PR machine and all that kind of thing I don't care quite frankly um, I think it's a very honourable charity um, I think it's magic and uh, yes I would be happy to 
uh, take your bet. Listen, I'm not. Uh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm not a singer. Um, I was messing around with a joke last week saying you can't do it, Paul, and I was just trying to be a bit of a, <laughs> a flippant player. Um, as it goes, um, we've ended up into this little slight impasse. But I will say that um, yes, I will do it. And then you know, if we, and you know what, if we. If we fall a little bit short of the target, I'll I will make up the rest of the money myself to make it. We're not we're not gonna we're not gonna fall short of the target. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay down the gauntlet to the hooked on fans. I'm gonna say if we get to I'll put three hundred in, hooked on, we'll put three hundred in. If we can get the fans to put another three hundred in, you sing a song. If we can get the fans to put another three hundred in on top of that, I wanna record it and put it out on our Facebook page. <laughs> I... How does that sound? Yeah, okay, do what you want. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Right, guys, you listen to this, hopefully on a Friday, Saturday, getting ready for Mania. You know what to do. Give us a quid, give us two quid, give us three quid. Just get involved. Let's get Rob McNichols stitched up. Because we all know that's what it's all about. Charity's great, but winding up Rob is the best thing. So, let's do it. Okay. Let's do that. That's the uh, that's where we're going then. So uh, it's for for final for final. You're going to put in three hundred quid from Hooked On. If the people Done. match it, I sing. And if the people put in six hundred quid, you're going to record it and put it out on Facebook. Correct. Jesus. Okay. I am well and truly stitched up. That's backfired. Uh, thank you, everyone. Um, and uh, the the good thing is is that I am the greatest entertainer. And I am the I am the greatest wrestler, uh, but I'm 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 not the greatest singer, so uh, that's just the way it's going to well, have to that, turn. I think that I think that makes two of you. <laughs> yeah, actually that's true. Just to emulate Jeff, I've just got to stand there and mime, have I not? And just let uh, <laughs> let Road Dog do all the work. I think is, there you uh, go. That, that worked for Billy Gunn as well. Um, oh, but, uh, you is, bitch! Uh, <laughs> I just don't mean that. I quite like Billy Gunn. That was that was a, that was a needless dig. I actually quite rated Billy Gunn, and I always thought he was a little bit underdone. But there you are. That's the case. Where it goes. Right. Um, anyway, we've I done love the self-indulgent fa- part. We've done the charity part. Let's get into mania. Let's get into some wrestling. Um, we probably will skim a few of these matches. We've got what 14, 15 matches to go through. We're not going to devote 10, 20 minutes to each one because. Um, like Paul said, we've already been going quite some time on the self-indulgence and we do want to get into some proper wrestling chat. If we do 15 minutes per match, then we're going to be here until the bell rings in the in the pre-show. So uh, we'll start with the pre-show matches, Paul. And the first one, uh, with all due respect um, to uh, our friend Drake Maverick and to the revamp of 205 Live, um, while I think the programme has been vastly improved over recent weeks, it's much more watchable than it has been. This does feel like two guys that have been knocking around for a little while. So the match is Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali. Um, is this anything that gets your juices flowing and, and do you have a, a prediction one way or another? Um, yeah, yes and no. Um, essentially, they're doing a great job with 205 Live. Um, I don't suppose you'd have had time yet because I know there's, 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 you're most so busy but there's a lot of content going on. I've not seen it but I've heard that the main event on this week's was uh, Buddy Murphy against Callisto. Who would have thought that was up to anything? Apparently, they absolutely brought the house down. You know, a dead SmackDown crowd that had been watching three hours of tapings at that point, and they had them absolutely unglued. I think they're on exactly the right path with 205 Live. I think it's been very good. It's going to get better. I just don't think they're quite there yet. There's a lot of damage that they need to make up. And because of that, I don't think the wider WWE audience quite care enough about the Cruiserweight title yet 
to have this match in anywhere other than the curtain jerker of the pre-show. That is no discredit to either of the guys involved who are both very good wrestlers. It's just the way it is. It's just the, the perception of the title and the brand. That will change by this next year's WrestleMania, I am positive. Um, as for the match itself, Mustafa Ali, a guy I never even gave a second's thought about until four weeks ago, has absolutely changed my mind. What a talent this boy is, both in the ring and on the microphone. Clearly someone who's going places. Um, and then you've got Cedric Alexander, who's been one of the standouts in that Cruiserweight division since the Cruiserweight Classic. I think they'll they'll put in an extremely good match, the biggest match of either of their lives. They'll get 10 or 15 minutes. And in my, my gut feeling is that Mustafa takes it. Um, Cedric Alexander goes um, heel. And then we've got a nice little title program there. Okay, I literally did... This is a genuine fact, a factual fact. Um, this is what I did. Um, I couldn't decide who I thought would win. So I did what the Cruiserweights do best. And I flipped. Uh, <laughs> But rather than uh, a body over the top rope, I did a coin onto its side, 50p if you're wondering, uh, and it went heads, which was Cedric. So I'm picking Cedric purely on a coin flip. Um, but I agree with you. I think uh, all your points on the on the product are, are valid. It's improving, and these two are just a bit tainted. It's not their fault, um, but they do feel like that sort of first batch um, of cruiserweights. The cruiserweight classic was very very good, um, but they didn't put the same effort into. Uh, building the matches and the talent uh, through into the TV show. They are doing so now. Um, but I do feel like whoever wins this match, I think will lose the title on Monday night. Now, I don't know who to, okay. but I think whoever they've decided they're going to go cruiserweighting with, I think wins <coughs> on Monday. So, <coughs> Neville, whether, Neville. Yeah, Neville. I, do, I think Neville is a very, very fair shout, particularly given that you have a British GM a British wrestler possibly coming back and a lot of Brits in the arena uh, on every Monday Night Raw so um, I think there's a very very fair chance uh, that it's uh, that it's Neville uh, but it could be it could be one of many others but I think if you want to build the brand around a wrestler which is what they typically do then I don't think Cedric Alexander or Mustafa Ali excellent talent though they are are the people I did also wonder about Ricochet I know he's only been in NXT for five minutes. He would at that point have had, I think, had, I think one NXT match. But if you wanted to go with a little bit of global appeal, I could see Ricochet turning up on Monday and winning that um, Cruiserweight title. So he's another one that I would uh, possibly put into that mix. Interesting. It never crossed my mind, but I like I like the thought process. I think Neville's way more likely than uh, than Ricochet. I think I he's agree. in for. I agree. I think I think I think Ricochet's destiny is that NXT. Heavyweight, uh, what, 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 what do they call it? Just the NXT title or whatever. Um, I think that's his destiny. Um, we'll see though. But I think you're, that's a great shout. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's go battle royaling. Um, why do so many people say battle royale? Do, 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 because they, people... they are foolish. No, um, because because they. Uh, have watched the film Battle Royale they don't realise there's no E on the end of this word I don't know lots of reasons but um, I, it's Battle I, Royal I suspected that maybe um, is it uh, is it Burger King that do the Chicken Royale I'm not a big uh, uh, they do they do well if we have Matt Hardy think... if we have Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt in the men's one would it be a Battle Royale with cheese You're desperately hard can I just say that all week chaps this is another sort of little bit of an insight into our podcast this is press the red button director's commentary on the show all week 
Paul has kept on referring back to my pun on last week's show <laughs> about the and I'm struggling to remember, remember it myself I know it was something to do with the shaken back the shaken back shaken back puts the put the big show back or something like that but it something was, like um, that yeah all week Paul's been talking about that he loved it so he's, I think he's trying to out pun me this week and uh, quite frankly because you can tell so far it ain't working but uh, oh, keep, no, keep, on, keep on trying anyway of course um, we've got the under the giant battle royal uh, and we have um, obviously the female equivalent so you've got to pick the best name for that so um, it's the Bertha Faye Battle Royal uh, which we're all looking for that's right isn't it that's what they've called it isn't it the official well, title I was listening to the um, Chris Jericho podcast he's doing a Wrestlemania preview tonight I was listening to it earlier on and by the way bombed out of his mind while he's uh, while he's recording his podcast, he admitted it's one thirty in the morning. Some of the stuff he says, he's not that complimentary in a lot of cases. I think he he lets the guard down quite a lot, and also sounds quite frankly pissed as a fart. So very entertaining <laughs> podcast, very enlightening podcast. It's a WrestleMania preview. So once you listen to our WrestleMania preview, um, once you've had the expert view, go and listen to Chris Jericho. Um, <laughs> But he said he texted Vince McMahon. I'm just totally sealing his material now, aren't I? I'm just totally repeating the story, but what the hell? Yeah, just, let's just tell um, some stories like yeah. Barry Fryer's on the show. <laughs> let's just tell some other jokes that other people out. have done. Yeah, uh, yeah so um, we'll just do the P- uh, Peter K special. Um, we will... Um, <laughs> what? Anyway... Oh, you um, can't say that. I can say that. Chris Jericho said he texted Vince McMahon and suggested calling it the Sensational Invitational. Hey, that's good. It really is, isn't it? That that's is excellent. And I'm not going to ruin the Jericho podcast by telling you what you got in response from Vince. So, uh, need to say it's not going to be the sensational limit. I love it. <laughs> good one, right. pal. No, okay. <laughs> no, instead it's the uh, the uh, it's the like you say it's the Bertha Fay Memorial Battle Royal where you get to win a giant gold uterus. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 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 Come on! You've That's what it is. Th- you've hit me with three in the last five minutes. Where I've, had, I've gone. Oh my goodness me! Um, okay. Uh, who have you got to? I need to. I need to basically to um, you know to have a, a bit of a rub down with half a fire brick after that one. So I'll just let I'll let you do uh, your prediction while I just uh, get I'm, my act together here. I'm gonna I'm gonna bunch them both together because frankly okay. they are the let's get everybody on the card battle royals. Um, the the men's one. I really don't know. Originally, I was at Elias, but I understand he's got a different destiny on the uh, on the WrestleMania card. Um, and I think that's what I put in my preview on the Sun. Instead, I'm going to just no, I didn't. I went with this guy. I went with this guy, and I'm going to say Samoa Joe. Samoa okay. Joe. On the, come, Samoa on the Joe. comeback thing. And I think, uh, and, and uh, I, I think he'll be eliminate both members, mo- both members of the revival at the same time to win it. Um, with the female one, um, I think it's a bit more obvious. I think it comes down to Sasha and Bailey, um, and I think it's a bit of a crapshoot between the two. Depends where they want to go with a feud, really. I'm going to say Sasha. I will. I'll. I'll. I'll match you for the uh, Bailey and Sasha standing there, but I'm going to say that while they're standing there, jawing at one another and uh, you know posturing and having their fallout, I'm going to say that Shayna Baszler. I can't say that very well, but Shayna Baszler. Say it perfectly um, well comes up behind them and chucks both of them out okay and she is the winner I'm picking Shayna Baszler um, I think she's going to have won the NXT title the night before um, and then NXT women's title of course and then she's going to appear in the Battle Royal and win that as well and I think she'll pull double duty for a little while appearing uh, on NXT and on the main roster a little bit because I think that they're going to need a little bit of assistance 
um, for Ronda Rousey, and I think that Baszler getting called up to the uh, main roster, coupled with a Rousey, I won't say heel turn, but a heel um, sort of piece of exposition. I imagine that they're basically going to have her accept that she's a heel as opposed to turn heel. Sure. Uh, and I think they may need some assistance for her, so I'm going with Baszler to win the uh, uh, the Battle Royal and to, uh, to get pushed on to help uh, Ronda. Um, I, like you, well, you obviously went away from Elias in the end, but uh, I actually started off my um, prediction for this on Rusev, uh, yep. but now he is uh, he is uh, wanted elsewhere. Um, and as I mentioned in my preview on the Sun, as, as Paul mentioned, we've been doing previews um, each day, folks. If you go onto the Sun's wrestling pages, the Sun.co.uk, uh, and find the WWE section, uh, you'll find some of our predictions uh, bit match by match over a period of time. But not just me and Paul, we've. Uh, We've got a whole crew of people from Hooked on Wrestling, so some of our behind-the-scenes staff, some of our hosts, all sorts of things, uh, to give you a good... We've, we deliberately picked people that we didn't think were the same sort of wrestling mind, so you've got some uh, some different opinions from people that think a bit differently, so it's not just... Hopefully, anyway, the intention was not just for the several of us just to say the same people over and over again. Um, you can also... Because uh, there are, you know people that would want to view things elsewhere you can also go to hookedontevents.co.uk and uh, see some uh, predictions there um, but uh, I went for Rusev in my initial one for there and then I had to change it uh, and so I had, did go for Elias and I think it's uh, we've already um, put that one out haven't we Paul it's, uh, that's already been put on the website has it not yes yes it has so that's, uh, so that's already out there so uh, as you say Elias it seemed the rumours seem to be that Elias is going to do some sort of uh, skit and now uh, whether that involves some people are suggesting The Rock may get involved. Some people are saying it might be Double J. Some people are just saying it would just be Elias getting some heat. Um, we don't know, but it seems to be that Elias is not necessarily going to... Uh, um, well, some people are suggesting he may be a mystery partner. We'll talk about that later on as well. But uh, uh, it looks like Elias probably won't be in this battle royal. So um, my predictions are kind of up in smoke. Um, I'm not going to necessarily go reaching for another one. Uh, a couple of years ago, when they had the big show win, I thought that's a good sort of Andre nod. And then they had, you know... Cesaro seemed to be the start of something for him. Baron Corbin, it seemed to be someone that they were sort of high on. Um, but just doing this, the we, we, we're not going to do. We've done this to death on the podcast. But just having that kind of celebrity rub last year with uh, uh, Mojo Rawley and the the, the Gronky fella. Um, to me, it may, it told me that they really don't care about this anymore. They had a two or three year window where they thought it could mean something, and it is now literally just back to the get everyone on Mania slot. So. I don't know if I have to get if you have to push me on it purely because they've had some interaction between him and the trophy, and they've given him some airtime on TV. Maybe I'll say Mount Hardy, just for just to say someone. But I'm by no means uh, saying that with any confidence. No, no, I'm I'm my interest level can only be matched by my lack of ability to predict this. Right, trust me, everyone. Our uh, motivation and our excitement levels, our energy. Uh, is going to go through the roof before the end of this podcast. We are deliberately starting with the pre-show, and then we are going to move on to the matches we are at least excited about. This is not necessarily the billing on the card, but we're going to do it in our own um, yeah. last to first, as it were, in terms of what we're excited about. So we're going to take it in turns. Paul will go first, I'll go second. We'll just pick a match, and we'll go that way. So don't think that we're suggesting this is the order of play or it's the, the main event to, to the least or whatever, but we're going to talk about the ones that we are uh, least and most excited about talking about so on you go Paul it's your uh, okay it's your choice well let's go with the match I'm 
we're probably least excited about on the main card and also I think will be the opening match as it happens and it's the US title Fatal 4-Way okay, so let's you. let's talk about the uh, not the Miz sorry Bobby Roode Randy Orton Rusev and Jinder Mahal uh, I wrote I don't know if you would count this as four words or whether you count it as three words and three letters but uh, my, <laughs> my uh, prediction piece for this we were instructed by Paul to keep it relatively brief um, in doing our predictions we could go into a little bit more detail if we had a, a big opinion but if we didn't to keep it relatively brief I wrote if in doubt RKO prediction Randy Orton <laughs> so I did three like words, that th- three words three letters and then my prediction listen I honestly haven't put a lot of thought into it and I'm going to be a bit of a bitch early on here I don't think WWE have either I don't think I would suggest right now as of Thursday night leading into this I would say they don't know I would say they don't know who's going to win this match. They've probably got an idea, but I bet in their brain it changes before then. If they come up with a different idea of what they can do on SmackDown next week, I honestly don't think this is set in stone. Um, and my thought is, therefore, at WrestleMania, once they've blocked out the whole thing, this will be one of their last decisions. And if they don't feel they've got quite enough uh, of an array of things going on, they'll create some sort of Tower of Doom into an RKO spot and Randy wins because he's got the greatest finisher of all time and if you've got the greatest finisher of all time then you probably use it at Wrestlemania so even if he if, if he doesn't win uh, the other three are getting RKO'd after the match <laughs> or something like that yeah mate fair enough um, and originally when I wrote my prediction and I think we wrote this prediction about a week ago now I went with Orton as well um, but my opinion has changed slightly and maybe it's the optimist in me maybe I'm getting carried away with the the excitement of WrestleMania, but I've just got this sneaky suspicion that if this does open the card, and I think it will, because I think the first music we're going to hear on the uh, main show is glorious. What a way to start Mania. Brilliant. I think Rusev's going to win. I think this might be, might be, might be, might be, and I'm, I realise I'm setting myself up for disappointment here, but I just, I just can see Rusev winning. Um, all the other outcomes are fairly dull like Bobby Roode's fine but he's not set the world on, on fire as a face nobody really cares about Jinder Mahal and I'm afraid as good as he is Randy Orton is um, long past serious relevancy um, what better way if you need to start this card with a bang a real bang get people in the mood and realise that they're going to see a good show you bring out you, you kick it off with Glorious as the f- first music you hear and then you have Rusev win the US title. And I guarantee that ovation will be tough to top all night if that happens. Here's a trivia question for you. This is not going to go into the famous sort of Tom Wrestling Pub quiz, but it can be a little start of a 10 for you tonight. How many of the previous WrestleManias have fallen on Rusev Day? <laughs> 33 of them. Wrong! What? You are incorrect. 32. Which one wasn't on Rusev Day? The first one. What? Because it's the only one that occurred before Rusev was born. <laughs> How that? How do you like that? So <laughs> you, there can only have been 32. You, oh, look at you doing all research. You're gonna, you, you're gonna put oh, me to gets, shame. It gets better if you want to go behind the scenes. Um. Rusev Day is the uh, the chant of the moment. Everyone loves the Rusev Day joke. No more than me, because I do it every week. Um, do you know when Rusev's birthday is? 
Go on. Genuinely, at least according to that little Google thing that pops up on the right-hand side. Indeed, I wonder if I ask my, my mate over here. Okay, Google, when is Rusev's birthday? Alexander Rusev was born on the 25th of December, 1985. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I can't believe that worked. Thanks, Google. He was Isn't born on Christmas Day. He's born on Christmas Day. Oh, that is great all. All of this stuff about Happy Rusev Day, he was born in Plovdiv, Bulgaria, on the 25th of December, Surely in 1985. A manger. He must have been born in a manger. <laughs> Would, oh, the Rus... Oh, my God. The, I'm, are you thinking what I'm thinking? The Rusev nativity. <laughs> that is... Oh, my word. That might be my second stage production, Rob. Oh, a second? Oh, we're having a first, are we? That's well, yes, we are having a first, yes. Yeah, okay, more news on that next year. <laughs> mm. Paul's, latest, Paul's latest grandiose plan <laughs> to take over the world. I'm not even joking, folks. We, I can't get into any detail, partly because I'm not allowed, and partly because Paul has really, really lost his mind this time. But uh, why don't next year's WrestleMania we do a stage show? Yeah, okay, mate. Well, <laughs> uh, see how that one goes. Um, and we'll they, do you well, it's, actually... it's on Broadway, so we might as well. They've actually cancelled Dragon's Den now, so you can't go and try Are and they? Beg, you can't go and beg a quarter of a million quid off some uh, chances. I've got an idea for a bit of crowdfunding on this one, mate. You watch and see. Let's let's talk about this after Mania. But anyway, brilliant that he was born. Absolutely fantastic that he was born on um, Christmas Day. That explains everything. Doesn't it just, eh? Anyway, I um I understand your reasonings. When sometimes when they add someone to a match. Yeah. Uh, that is a bit of an indication, but I'm gonna. I'm still gonna stick with them. Um, I'm still gonna stick with Randy. I think there's more per, more per, more likelihood of them going with the big finisher. You know, uh, Orton hits that, uh, and that's the way it's done. But I could. I would. I would. I would happily admit for Rusev to be the second choice. Fair enough. If we're if we're going with that match, um, as the. Uh, as the like the last one on our predictive um, list, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to its equivalent on the Raw side. Not that I don't think this is going to be a good match, because the, the talent that's in the ring suggests to me that it ought to be a very, very good match indeed. However, I've watched enough wrestling, and I do watch enough wrestling, and there is enough wrestling in the world now um, that I need a little bit more than just good matches. If I want good matches, I can watch copious numbers of them. Um, on my WWE network, on my Fight TV app, uh, on New Japan World, on Progress On Demand. There's so many places that I've got wrestling that I can watch a good match if I want to. So the fact that Miz is wrestling S uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor um, doesn't excite me. Um, it will be a good match, but I think it's the kind of match that will be a good match on a house show as well. I don't see it as a WrestleMania match because I don't have the... I don't have the passion for a chuck together three-way, which is clearly let's give Seth and Finn something to do with someone that's had a great year. All I love all three of them. I've got massive amount of time for all three of them, but I would have taken any two in a feud over this three. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you know what? Until you mention it, I didn't, but you're absolutely right. This is a house show last match before intermission match, isn't it? By the way, and it's not it's not that's not a dig no not at all put, when you're trying to put together a really 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 solid Wrestlemania card these happen to be your guys that are left over the seven 
I'm saying that the four we've just talked about from SmackDown and these three, if you think that those are your sort of seven leftovers and you're just going to try and find a match for them, hey, listen, you're probably doing okay. So I'm not really giving them some stick. I would prefer to have seen uh, Miz versus Rollins or Miz versus Balor or Rollins versus Balor and found another way of doing, you know, bringing the other guy into something somewhere. But I'm listening. I'm not complaining if this is what we're left with. I think it'll be really good. I think it'll be really innovative. I can certainly see Rollins being someone um, who right now is really trying to work out some uh, some cool um, points of the match to, to get everyone interested in it. Um, but I need to ask you a question because you've probably been paying uh, a little bit more attention uh, than me. Um, mm. Is... Has there been much indication, if at all, about whether this is Miz versus Rollins versus Balor, or whether this is Miz versus Rollins versus the Demon? Surprisingly, there has not been a single sniff. I think the Demon's done, you know. No! Yeah, I, I genuinely do. And I could, be, I could end up with massive egg on my face, because I would long have assumed that this character was made for a WrestleMania entrance and it's that reason well that's one of the reasons why I, I just get a sneaky suspicion it's done that reason and the other reason is they're really building up this bala club brand um you know they're really pushing it hard and that it just doesn't fit with the the demon at all i also think you might be due a heel turn soon but that's that's a separate thing but i just i just get this feeling that if we were going to see the demon again this would be the time i think he might be done well, I mean, I, I, I so hope that's not true. Um, I think that I love. So do I. See we uh, slapped it all over our posters. <laughs> I think people would let us get away with that. But um, I love Balor anyway. But I, I do think the demon just brings out that little bit more. I think it's a great storyline point. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world if, they, if if he's not part of this match. But I think it'd be terrible if they uh, if they were dropping the gimmick. Maybe if they're doing a heel turn, as you say, they put the gimmick away. And when he turns back face again in 18 months, then they can bring it back. Perhaps that's the uh, that's Maybe. the thing. Um, I just remember saying years and years and years ago, even before um, Devitt was part of WWE, um, kind of knowing that he would be one day. And when he started doing that gimmick uh, on Independence, thinking that could be a really cool WrestleMania thing one day. And then mm-hmm. he got to NXT and became the champion. And I was going, wow, this is going to be so cool the first time he does this at WrestleMania. And now we're getting, I think, I'm fairly certain I'm insane, to Balor's... It's Balor's first mania, right? Yep. Yeah. And so it feels like this should be the demon. The demon at WrestleMania. This is where everyone brings out their entrances. This is where we see Rusev on a tank. And this is where we see Triple H with all his fancy get-up and whatever. Surely it's where you see the demon. But, but because we're not so excited about the match, does that mean that they're not necessarily going to put him in that position? I don't know. But the thing is, Paul, it's key to my prediction. Um, okay. I have said that the... Uh, I, I think that The Miz, you know, is probably looking at his next fate being a feud with Daniel Bryan. That makes the most sense. Um, and I'm not certain whether Daniel Bryan beating The Miz needs a title. So I've kind of got The Miz losing here um, to one or other of the baby faces. Um, and I quite like the idea of Rollins being the working IC title, he- uh, title babyface. I think Rollins is the closest in my mind to the style of uh, your Mr. Perfects and your Randy Savages and your Ricky Steamboats. Yep. 
but in a modern way. I'm not saying he wrestles exactly like any of them. I don't think he does. I think he's a good hybrid of several of them. Chuck a bit of Shawn Michaels in there as well. Um, I really rate Rollins, and I always have, but I really rate Rollins as that le- as all of those guys I mentioned, save for Shawn. And this would be controversial with some about Macho Man, but to me, all of them are on that second level. As in, they are some of the all-time greats, but they were never truly the, the main eventer. Savage a little bit more than the others, but do you think I'm fair when I'm saying about Perfect and Steamboat? Certainly in WWF, they were never, you know, tippy-top. But they were on the next level down, and they were some of the best workers around. Oh, I no, think, no question. They never won the world title. I think that's where, obviously, Street Steamboat did in WCW, but I'm talking about it from a WWF no, perspective. I, I am, I am um, also. And no, I, yeah. would, I would say you're absolutely right. And to be fair, if you took WCW into account, yes, Steamboat was unquestionably a top-tier player for a, for a short amount of time. I'm, just trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to stop the, the pedantry, is essentially what I'm doing. But even when you t- take out title belts and just talk about positioning on the card, draw, and all that kind of thing, I still think if you're talking about a very small elite top tier, which I'm saying only really, you know, Hogan, Flair, Austin, Rock, Brett, and Sean, and that's almost it, do you know what I mean? If you had that as your top little tier, then I think Savage comes on to the second level of that. Um, again, controversial, but you know what I'm saying. No, no, I think, I think that's fair. I think there are, there are mega stars and then there are stars in terms yeah. of main events. And, and as much as I love, and I would say Randy Savage is my favourite wrestler of all time. Um, and another one who's one of my favourites of all time is Kurt Angle, and I'd put him in the same group. Absolutely. Um, he was the other one I was thinking of. Was I, I didn't put Kurt in, in the, because I don't, I don't see Kurt, the wrestler, as being similar to Rollins, the wrestler. I think they're different types. I agree. Completely but, different. But, but in terms of the, the level of stardom I absolutely would include them in there together so that's a long winded way of me praising Seth Rollins basically and I love the idea of Rollins as a real working baby face you know great matches every every Raw every pay-per-view there was a real time when um, in 95 or so uh, when Brett was champion and they would always refer to him as the fighting champion Yeah. the idea that Brett would come and face anyone you know it didn't matter if it was the one two three kid or Jean-Pierre Lafitte or Hakushi you know, if someone wanted a title match, Brett would say, bring it on. And I'd like to see them do that with Rollins. I think Rollins can get over by wrestling. He did that, you know, in that gauntlet match a few weeks ago on Raw. Really, by the end of the night, he was more over than he was when he started. And it's because he can wrestle. And, um, you know, fair play to Rollins for that. So basically, I'm picking Rollins, dot, 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 ellipsis, unless the, the demon is in the match. Because you don't beat the demon. The demon should not lose until... We're talking, you know, Balor has, the, has been champion for 18 months, and then the hottest new baby face on the, on the scene at WrestleMania 39 beats him. Do you know what I'm saying? It's that the demon doesn't lose. And so if he comes out as the demon, he wins, as far as I'm concerned. But I think it's looking less and less likely that he will, because I think they probably would have mentioned it. Um. Yeah. I think that I love the idea. I love the thought you've put into to Rollins there. You've really sort of put that in my head of this old school working babyface champion. You're absolutely right. He could be so old school in a modern way if he wants to be. I think that's yeah. a great spot for him. Um, I've not got him as my prediction. Um, I've got Balor winning this, um, and I see it. I see it as Balor winning and uh, turning heel like I said and, and feuding with Rollins over that belt now I'll be honest I don't rate Balor 
as much as many people do. I'll, I had to add the extra part to that. I don't rate him as highly as many do. I think he's a good wrestler, a very good wrestler at times, but there's just something about him that does not quite do it for me. Um, but as you talked about earlier, I'm, you know, I'm willing to be proved wrong. I just don't think he's had that knockout match yet in either NXT or WWE. Not really. Um, but I think he's going to win here. And I think I'd like to see, yeah, I'd like to see him go into that feud with Seth. I do think Miz is going to get a bit of time off after WrestleMania. Well-deserved time off to spend with his new baby and his wife. Congratulations to them. Um, and I think he'll come back as a big baby face. In fact, I'm going to go as far as to say, I think the Miz is going to be the breakout main event star of 2018 as a face. And I think, unlike his last face run, the fans are absolutely ready to get behind that now. I am not going to disagree with you strongly. I don't think he's going to be the big breakout babyface star of the year. But I do think he might... I think if he goes away and comes back, I think when he comes back he's going to have a huge reaction. But I actually think he's talented enough that he can always talk people into booing him. Um, I think he's that sort of... I think The Miz is, is not far away from becoming the new Chris Jericho. Um, Miz is not as good a wrestler as Jericho but I think he's almost as good a manipulator and while, while almost everyone loves Jericho and when Jericho comes back huge pop Jericho has kind of found his niche over the last 10 years in talking people against him I think he finds it easier to be smarmy and have people boo him and he get, effectively gets boos and I think when you've got so few natural heels there was a time about four or five years ago, maybe a little bit more, actually, yeah, quite a bit more, six, seven years ago, mm. where you had Miz and you had Edge and you had Jericho and a little bit before that you had JBL and over in TNA you had Bully Ray and you had this real collection of fabulous heels, really good talkers, right, proper bastards who you hated. And I don't see that quite so much. And I think because there's that dearth of the, the great heel... Because even someone, I think, one of my favourite, if you're just watching a heel mannerism, I want to say Kevin Owens, but even even Kevin Owens is cheered by too many people. He, he wrestles rather too well. Um, and the thing is, The Miz is a good wrestler, but he's not a great and flashy enough one really to get himself cheered. And I think that's where the issue comes. If he wants to become a, a big-time babyface, then he's a little bit, he's a little bit punch-kick clothesline. Well... Uh, I, I don't, um, I don't see a big comeback in the Miz. I think Rob. you've, I think you've kind of answered your your own point there, Rob. Maybe he is a limited wrestler, or maybe he's a very good wrestler, and he understands that wrestling in that style will get him cheered too much, so he limits himself. Who That's knows? A good point. That's a good point, and yeah, he might show me something else. But I just, I see his st- in the same way that when they try to ch- um, turn Jeff Hardy heel in TNA. Mm. I actually thought that the character of Jeff Hardy turning heel did a really, really good job. But as soon as he got between the ropes, that's just a baby face every day of the week. The way he moves, the way he sells, the way he comes back. You know, Jeff, that's what he does. And I don't see... I, don't, I look at... The, I think you want to see... A, when you want to see a good fiery baby face, good old school baby face, I need to see a comeback. I need to see a great finisher and I need to see a comeback. And I look at Miz and go, that ain't there. It just isn't there. As as a, as an in-ring talent, I'm sure he could do an adequate job. But when you've got someone that's such a good talker, such a snidey prick on the microphone, when he's got such a beautiful wife, 
and it's like I mean, there's an old school saying that you know you, you, you the, the baby faces don't have beautiful partners that's not how it goes they're they're good looking and available and the heels can boast about how attractive their partner is um and that's kind of the, that's a bit old school but Miz bragging about his wonderful life, his perfect baby, his perfect wife, his Hollywood lifestyle. The only reason he gets cheered is because he's so good at doing all that, and there's too many people like us that read a bit too much into stuff and, and praise them for it. I wish every one of those people that thought Miz was great... See, if you go to a show, mate, because you love Miz and you're talking about him, see, if you go to a show, I hope you boo him. 100%. I hope 100%. you boo him, because if you, think so, if you think someone's great as a heel boo them and I've yep. said this several times in this podcast but I'm saying it again in case there's new listeners at Mania if you really really respect Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn don't go and take a sign don't go and do anything boo them that's their job that's what they want you to do if you think someone's terrible at their job as in a baby face that's terrible at their job and you want to boo them you can do that as well that's absolutely fine but if you really really think someone's good at what they do do what they would like you to do because you're not doing them any favours, quite frankly, by cheering someone when they're meant to be getting booed. But anyway, off topic. Um, so, so far, uh, we are yet to agree, are we? So we're... Um, Is that right? Yeah, that's I've, probably true, actually. I don't think we've agreed at all. So we've, you've gone Ali, Sasha... Uh, who did you say for the battle royal? Joe. Joe. And, and now me, and now Rollins. No, you said Bala, I said Rollins. So we, we've, we've not agreed on the five matches so far. Um, it's your pick next as to where we go to see if we can actually find one that we agree on okay um, let's go with Alexa Bliss against Nia Jax surely we'll agree on that one Nia Jax yep same here Hooray! Nia Jax yep Nia Jax squash match and do you know what as much as I adore Alexa Bliss that's the that's the end of the that's the end of the story correct um, she has to win it's one of those ones where sometimes you know there are issues within the storyline which change things and you can work your way out of it but ultimately ultimately this is a morality play yes. I know this sounds a, a weird way of looking at something but uh, I recommend anyone to read an essay written I think in the 50s I want to say by a guy called Roland Bart spelt, spelt a little bit like Bartes the former Man United goalkeeper B-A-R-T-H-E-S Roland Bart wrote a very good essay years ago about uh, the, uh, the nature of professional wrestling as a morality play it's very very interesting and um, I still see it as that I still see that the core of wrestling as being that so ultimately the nasty piece of work heel needs to get their comeuppance especially when it's a storyline that's a bit further down the card and has not too many long term ramifications and especially when that heel is so talented that they can stand to lose a few matches and quite frankly even baby faces that are undersized need to lose their share of matches just to make things believable you know, people moaned about how Rey was treated as, as champion, and I understand why, but Rey Mysterio has to lose matches. Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan has to lose matches, by the way. Undersized wrestlers need to lose matches because they need to gain an element of sympathy so it means more when they fight back. It's like a giant killing in the FA Cup. You know, you, you need those moments where it feels like a, an underdog story. Now, this is the opposite, where the little undersized wrestler is the heel, and the uh, the apparent baby face is the, uh, the, uh, the the larger of the two. Um, Nia just needs to batter her. Just needs to squash her. Two minutes, three minutes, not much more. An absolute battering. 
Alexa gets her comeuppance and we move on. That is that is the story. And if you really, really rate Alexa and you think it's not fair to squash her at WrestleMania, blah, 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 I'm nope. afraid you don't understand how it works. I, I, yep, I couldn't rate Alexa any higher and she needs to get smashed. Yes, completely. Um, and I will take that in a non-Richard Keyes sense of your use of that word. <laughs> Um, please do. Yes. Um, God, women's revolution, Rob. Please. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm that. I'm joking, saying that we, I'm joking, we were I'm not talking about it like that. And although she is very role tied, as Conrad Thompson would say, um, far more importantly, she is an excellent talent, um, and just has shone as much as anyone has done. I think. I think there's a. She's the nearest you can find to a Trish Stratus of this era. Yep. In the sense of. You know, Trish was one of the all-time greats as a wrestler and started from nothing, almost literally nothing. Trish was no, not much more than a pretty face and and a couple of other things. But you know, she turned into a tremendous character. She was a terrible character to begin with. She was a a, a plastic-faced, poor actor that was lumped with Test and Albert. Man alive, would you get? How would you get a Hall of Fame career out of that? And somehow. She learned how to act, she learned how to play babyface and heel, and she learned how to wrestle. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. And I think Alexa is, I'm not saying Alexa started from nothing, but she's come from the world of bodybuilding and she's learned into professional wrestling. And I just think she's tremendous. And But she's not necessarily the greatest wrestler in the world, but she's absolutely passable. But it's her mannerisms, it's her reactions, it's her sheer nastiness and believability as a horrible little witch. And that little witch needs to get battered at WrestleMania. Hey, this is your Sheamus and Daniel Bryan match, folks. This is not necessarily as quick as a bro kick one, two, three. But I think if this match goes into its fourth minute, then it's gone about a minute and a half too long. Yep, agreed. Terrific. We have we have some sort of uh, agreement. Consensus. How nice is that? So where shall we go next? I tell you what, here's the point, mate. This is when you realise what a good WrestleMania it is, because what we've done is we've done five matches, I think, so far. Uh, is that right? We've done six matches so six, far. Six, yeah. We've done six, so there should be eight to go, by my reckoning. And I'm trying to find one a little bit down the card, and I'm struggling to find one that is, quote, down the card. There's so much going on. There's so much that I'm looking forward to. I'm like, well, that's not down the card, that's not down the card. And actually, suddenly, the eighth or ninth match on the show is going to be a corker. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to stick with the theme. This is not necessarily the one that I'm least looking forward to, but I'm going to stick with the theme, and I'm going to pick Charlotte versus Asuka to talk about next. Because we're already in the flow of talking about um, women's wrestling. Um, And this, I think we're probably going to pick the same side again. I don't think it's quite the same discussion as some of the other matches are, so that's why I'm picking it now. Although I am absolutely looking forward to it, because I I think this is going to be a bit of a showcase. I think... When you get to WrestleMania, there was a WrestleMania about three or four years ago. It was one of the Rock Cena matches. Mm. Um, and it was a, a hideous WrestleMania from the sense of not bad wrestling and bad matches and bad performances or anything like that, but it was the most corporate thing you'd ever seen in your life. And it was so full of lovely teeth and glorious branding and, and uh, management speak and knock-knock, as anyone remember, this is actually a wrestling show. Um, and it was just full of the right kind of um, corporate synergy rather than people battering each other in a wrestling ring um, and listen I understand why they do that because it's their big it's their big trade show isn't it um, we talked did we last week I believe about the idea of having a two day Wrestlemania yes with the possibility of making unofficially 
making night one like the workers' night and putting a lot of the better matches on that first night. So you could almost have it like another NXT in the sense that that would be quote unquote for the fans. I think I lost my temper with Paul for saying that the fans a couple of podcasts ago. But, you know, that would be the one for some of the more fans of the, the traditional working wrestling. And then the Sunday night would be the one that would be a bit more corporate. Um, well, that, this match would fall right into that. Because not that I'm saying that the ordinary fan wouldn't want to watch two women wrestling for the title. They absolutely would. You've only got to hear the reaction to longer women's matches, to the women's characters. Hearing ch- um, crowds chant, literally, women's wrestling to show their respect. All of that is terrific. We've moved so far forward. I genuinely think it's been a brilliant movement over the last couple of years, and it has genuinely been led by the fans. Um, and WWE don't always give the fans what they want, but when it suits WWE's corporate image, um, then they do. And again, that is not a knock. That makes sense. If you're a corporation and you can do something to make your image look good, you bloody do it. Um, yep. And that is what they're doing. And so they, I think if, if Nia Jax beats Alexa rather quickly like she should... And we'll talk about other women being involved in a mixed tag match later on, but I don't see there being a massive amount. I don't think there's a 20-minute catch-as-catch-can classic going on there. Um, so this match has got quite a bit riding on its shoulders. I don't think this is going to be anywhere near squash territory. I think we're getting a long one. I think for women's standards, and again, that's not meant patronisingly, but traditionally they're not given as long. I think they're going to give the women a long time here. I think we're going to we're going to be a, somewhere in the region of 20 minutes or so, and I think we're going to have a long, drawn-out match that eventually, after a really, really valiant effort, Charlotte just has to tap to the Ascalock. That's what I'm going for. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I also would agree that it's going to be a hell, a hell of a long match. Maybe the longest one-on-one women's match in WWE history, or certainly modern history anyway, since since the 90s since they brought the women's belt back but I'm going to make two statements about this match and they're going to sound very contradictory but I'll explain them afterwards firstly I think this is the biggest most important women's match since probably Trish and Lita headlined Raw um, I think it's the I'd, biggest match I'd maybe even go further but yeah maybe okay. and I nearly did but I'm, I'm going to I think that's enough of a statement to make okay second statement it's a complete stepping stone um and I'll explain what I mean by that. I think this is the big match, isn't it? This is the this is the money match. This is Asuka, the unbeatable wrestling machine who's got over to a huge degree, both as a uh, in to all fans in terms of marketing and in terms of being a tremendous wrestler. She's against Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is the dynasty already. She has established herself as the, and I hate to use this term, and I'm going to the measuring stick against against what all other women are measured by and I'm not just talking about in-ring ability I'm talking about aura carrying herself like a star being a big star Charlotte Flair is the the woman uh, in that division this is a bigger match as they could put on I think we're going to get a massively um, I think we get a great contest I think it is going to go long and I think Asuka's going to win I think she's going to win and then I think she's going to remain undefeated until she faces Ronda Rousey in the first ever women's match that main events WrestleMania next year. I think Asuka, I think Asuka is going to be built up hugely over the next year. Rousey too, probably as a heel. And I think 
Um, or maybe flip the sides. You could do either way, depending on how the audience reacts to Rousey. I think WWE ideally would have it as Rousey going as the baby face to, uh, to face the undefeatable heel. That would probably make most sense, whether they can keep Rousey face for a year or flipper and flopper or whatever. But I think you're going to see the first ever WrestleMania headlined by two women next year, and it will be phenomenal. Would you like your own logic thrown directly into your kisser? Probably not, but I'm sure you're going to go for it anyway. I seem to recall at some point talking up Ronda Rousey versus Asuka as a match, and you told me they wouldn't go full square behind that because Asuka doesn't speak very good English. And how are you going to promote the main event of WrestleMania all around the world on talk shows, on... ESPN on mainstream television in the United States when Asuka can say about eight words of English well you can, Ronda can't do it all and Ronda is still established as the MMA person you told me that when they go with that big match that they're going to do they're going to do Ronda versus Charlotte because Charlotte is going to be the wrestler she can talk she's statuesque she looks like a wrestler she's got her famous dad she's got the name you told me that when they go big mainstream on Ronda that they're going to do Ronda versus Charlotte and you kind of sold me on it from a wrestling perspective I absolutely agree with you next year women's title match at Mania Ronda versus Asuka they might even go a bit quicker with it they might want to rush it they might they might not know how long they're going to get out of Ronda while she's still got a star power I think they might go to Ronda versus Asuka at, Sum at SummerSlam but um, I think very fair chance that they do if they do if they were to do Ronda as main event at Wrestlemania I think it's Ronda Charlotte I um, I, what can I say? I was wrong. I've changed which, my mind. Which time? Yeah. Which time were you wrong? The first time or the, the second? The first time. time. The first time. <laughs> I think I think we're building, and, I, and I'm actually going to double down on my prediction. I'm going to go. I'm going to draw a line. Son, he'll ask her against Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania next year. Okay. We shall see. Uh, anything else to add on this match? But we, we're both we're both saying ask her for this one, are we? I think we are. Yes. Okay. Cool. So we've had a little more consensus, and it's your turn, sir, if you would like to uh, to pick a match, unless you have uh, a little bit more on, uh, nope. on that one at all. Nope. Oakley, is my turn. Let's go. Let's go tag team, um, and let's go the, the the one the one I'm looking forward to the least, and I'm looking forward to them both very much. But the one I'm looking forward to the least is probably the Raw tag team title match, um, and that says a lot because you know two of my favourite guys in the company are Braun Strowman and Cesaro but um, I'm absolutely beside myself with excitement for the triple threat which we'll come to later um, so let's go with this Braun Strowman mystery partner against The Bar The Bar the uh, the favourite tag team of the Hooked On podcast yes. uh, the tag team spirit animal of Paul Benson <laughs> yes. and uh, our dream guests we are absolutely insistent they will be on at we'll some point The Bar when um, when uh, we ought to point out that we uh, are uh, staying in the United Kingdom to uh, get full square behind the uh, Hooked On parties this coming Sunday. But if anyone is listening and would like to invite us to uh, SummerSlam, uh, then Paul can't go, but I can. Uh, so uh, if that's the way it comes, Paul um, will have to re <laughs> reluctantly find himself a new host for London, uh, and I'm off to SummerSlam. It's the way but, the cookie uh, crumbles, Rob. I'm sure yeah, find someone relatively decent to fill your shoes by just finding the nearest tramp to Clapham Comedy Station and bunging a bottle of Thunderbird. We'll do a random but, drawing of all, the, of all the people who come. Like, you pick your name out of a hat. Right, you can host. 
<laughs> when you just pick someone out of the crowd and they happen to be ripped with tattoos or they happen to be a wrestler <laughs> how shocking um, but uh, yes okay um, we love the part um, we love Braun Strowman well Paul does uh, and I have been one round over the uh, over the time um, two predictions though um, the first one is who's the partner Yep. and then the second one is who wins I'm going to start with who wins surely the mystery partner team always wins you would think so you're going to twist this, aren't you? No, 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 no. I think I, I think the mystery partner team wins. I because I know who I'm picking. Listen, I think it works one of two ways. I'll say this before we say who we think the partners are going to be. Either because the storyline is, you correct me if I'm wrong. The storyline is Braun is getting his partner right. They're yes. not putting someone with him, are they? If they were putting someone with him, then I would say whoever they put him with is his next feud, and they lose because you put him with say big show yeah and they lose and then your next feud is Strowman versus big show for example mm. um i'm not saying that but i'm saying that if you were going so if it was someone like that it was a comparable size a comparable character maybe a heel then i think they lose the bar win and you set in all you're doing is setting up braun's next match however that's not the kind of wrestler i'm picking so therefore i'm sort of sticking with the formula so does that suggest to me that you're picking you know, someone in the similar vein to me. Let's get it over with. Who's the partner, Paul? Um, underwhelmingly, I think the partner will be Dean Ambrose. Okay, I never even thought that's not even come close to my brain. Yeah, I um, think I think he's, he's fit, he? well, he's fit. Um, apparently, it's all it's all rumor and innuendo, as our friends over at Something to Wrestle with would say. I don't um, deal in rumor and innuendo. It, but the the Bullshit. big the big clue, and it might well be a typical WWE well placed red herring, but Dean Ambrose has been pulled from the Sunday morning access session. Um, and he's also been pulled from a few comic cons recently being photographed at rehab there's a very good chance that Dean Ambrose is ready to come back okay that's uh, and I would be utterly underwhelmed one of the um, one of the bullshit news sites today um, and I didn't click on this someone else that I knew clicked on it and sent it to me um, this is not a spoiler folks this is a bullshit news site if it happens to be true it's more by coincidence and the uh, stop clock methodology than the, the natural insight um, but one of the bullshit news sites uh, showed a picture of Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt together um, oh I saw that yeah from Instagram or some such social media saying it has Braun Strowman given away his partner I'd argue probably no they're just mates yeah. and they're travelling to Wrestlemania they probably live somewhere near each other I don't know that totally guessing but there's a fair chance because if that was taken yesterday then that's Wednesday they're probably travelling in aren't they Wednesday that makes it oh that's it yeah you go in Wednesday or so for Wrestlemania so um, they were probably travelling together and just happened to one of them took a picture and that's just the way it goes Bray looked kind of Brayish. Um he still had his dreads and so forth there's plenty of time if he's going to change his um, act before then but it just doesn't make any sense unless they do, unless they have literally just given up on the Bray Wyatt Matt Hardy thing pretended it didn't happen and are bringing Bray back as the cult hero uh, cult um, leader who has twisted Braun Strowman's mind and has been in control of him all along actually that's not the worst story in the world but um, I don't think they're doing that oh. um, uh, so I don't think that's the, that's the way if they are going to do that then I still think they win but I don't I don't buy that as the they're uh, not they're not going to do the that story. 
No, I don't think they are. So, I am going for Braun Strowman picks as his partner, partly inspired um, by the mixed uh, match challenge and seeing the uh, just the sheer visual of Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss. Uh, I am saying Braun Strowman brings out his partner, Rey Mysterio, and they win the Tag Team Championships. The mismatched team of the gigantic Braun Strowman and the little diddy tiny Rey Mysterio. I think he's more likely to pick the Hurricane. Wow. <laughs> Cold. Do you not think? Do you not think that's a perfectly plausible yeah, Rey Mysterio? I... He appeared at the Royal Rumble. So did the Hurricane. But Rey Mysterio appeared at the Royal Rumble. Um, there's been lots of suggestions that he's been coming back. A, a month or two ago, the rumour is it was going to be John Cena versus Rey Mysterio. I'm sure that was complete nonsense all the way along. Yes. But I think if, if Mysterio is in the fold, I think this is a pretty cool way of bringing him back. And I think you can have him and Strowman win, and it's just a very cool, weird visual um, on, uh, on, on the WrestleMania, and they win the tag team titles, and they celebrate, and you do a rematch the following night, and Braun is totally distracted by someone, maybe that's his next opponent, and Ray is left in the ring with the bar, and the bar beat Ray up. Um, and they get the titles back, and they get their heat back, and we move on, and they go on to their next ta- tag team challenge. Ray is back in the company in whatever manner, and Strowman has his next opponent in the bloke that distracted him from the match against the bar, and then everyone's happy. Um... You can't see you can't see through that. You're knackered there, aren't you? Because you can't see a single logic hole in what I've just said. No. Nope. Other than the other than the fact that you don't think Rey Mysterio is coming back. That's it. Exactly. No, no. I fully. That's exactly it. I don't. I don't think he's going to be the guy. But um, I think it's more so. I'm quite protective of Braun Strowman, and I just want Braun Strowman to be the man. And frankly, I don't want him to get sidetracked by anything that I don't think is what what I want. It's selfish. It's what I want him to do. I don't want it to be Dean Ambrose because frankly I'm not a Dean Ambrose fan however if you believe the rumours before he got injured he was due a heel turn on Seth Rollins and I, I do believe that I think that was probably good timing good storyline I think that's probably about right I could totally easily see those two winning the tag team titles Dean Ambrose turning on him or for whatever reason the very next night and I actually think a heel psycho smaller Dean Ambrose a dangerous heel Dean Ambrose against the big Fate, babyface Braun Strowman could be quite interesting. I'd quite, I could go for that, um, providing we got a proper psycho character from Dean and not WWE's version of wacky Dean Ambrose hitting people with plant pots. Um, <laughs> I, I could really go for that. I think Dean Ambrose, more than anybody in the company, needs a complete refresh. Um, well, actually, no, I'll take that back. Not more so than anybody in the company. More so than anybody in the company not known as Bray Wyatt. Um, and I think this could be it. So, underwhelming on the night, potential long-term, Dean Ambrose. Yeah, okay. I think that's just just as plausible. I think that's a, uh, uh, a fun discussion. Anyone else it could be? Oh, God, there's, there's, there's plenty. Um, Elias has been mentioned. Um... An interesting one might be Jeff Hardy. If Matt's okay. plow, if Matt's going to plow his own furrow, why not bring Jeff Hardy in? I've not seen that mentioned, but let's try and be a little bit more sort of kayfabe about it. Let's try, let's make it a little bit believable. I'm, I realise I'm being uh, rather charitable here, but let's go down the road and suggest that they would go 
totally into the mind, the psyche of Braun Strowman, who would he actually think about having as a partner? It's a good point. I'll tell you what I think he'd think. He'd want someone that would be quite happy to sit on the apron and do as he's told as Braun wreaks havoc. So you'd pick James Ellsworth. <laughs> true well that's partly to be fair that's part of my Mysterio thing clearly Mysterio is a far better wrestler than James Ellsworth but that's part of my theory is that Braun Strowman seven foot Braun Strowman would would think nothing of Mysterio he just yeah okay Rey Mysterio fine whatever I don't think he'd have a lot of time for him so you could actually I know you're going to hate this but you could actually try to turn Braun Strowman heel again by having him loot them, having them lose the tag titles either at WrestleMania or the night after, and having having him completely and utterly go to town on Mysterio, you know, batter Mysterio completely. Maybe Ray's not coming back for full time. Maybe he's just back for another one shot like the Rumble, and you bring him back at WrestleMania and maybe the night after, just to have Braun Strowman completely annihilate him and try and get heat on him and become a heel. I don't think it would work. I think people would just cheer the beat down, but. I'm just saying, you, I wouldn't. That wouldn't shock me. Do you remember? We've talked about this before, but do you remember the whole Mike Knox thing? Mike Knox attacking and just when he was interviewed backstage, just going. They said, "Why did you do that?" And he went, "Don't know." Um, and it was like that was actually a better heel act by just going, "I don't know why I beat someone up," rather than going, "Ah, oh, he spilled his coffee over me," or having some sort of bullshit excuse. He just went, "Don't know." Felt like it. And I went, oh, they've onto something, and then it kind of faded. Mm. And that was with Mysterio. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's that. beyond the realms. I would, do you not? No, I don't actually. M- I'm sure it was on Mysterio. Might not just beat him up. No, um, I'm, I'm but, not doubting it. You, yeah. uh, but I just, I don't really remember anything that Might Knox did other than getting knocked out of the Survivor Series in ten seconds. Well, I've, see if you can find it on your Google machine. <laughs> Might Knox beating we, Rey we Mysterio are, up. We are totally stealing from every other successful podcast here tonight. Correct. I'm going to crack Correct, a, crack a cold one for the working man. <laughs> I know um, Spring of um, Honor guys really need to slow down. <laughs> Very good. Very good. But it's quite hard linking sleep to sport. Anyway, forget that. <laughs> right. Where are we going Next now then? It's my choice now, isn't it? Okay, well, I'm going to be predictable and I'm going to go on the... Uh, the other side of the tag team uh, affair then. Yeah, the Usos versus the New Day versus the <coughs> Bludgeon Brothers. Can we just... Oh, imagine if Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt won one set of tag team titles and the Bludgeon Brothers won the other set of tag team titles and they'd be a big, huge Ooh. Benoit and Eddie embrace Ooh. in the ring and all four of the Wyatt family were back together as the tag team champions. If, I, if it wasn't so much that I wanted to see Braun Strowman be the biggest star in the company, then that's very interesting. No, it's not happening. I think it's just it's a not. coincidence. No, it's not. It's just a coincidence, and Bray Wyatt is not going to be the partner of Braun Strowman. No, no, exactly. Uh, yes, so, the Triple Threat Tag Team match. What a match this is going to be. I've banged on many a times how I... Have you? Yes, I have. Uh, I was terrible English there, but anyway. You're a fit boy. Um, <laughs> how... I just adore both the Usos and the New Day and all the work they've done together over the last 12 months. I genuinely think the Usos are the best tag team in the world and I don't think it's close. Um, I think the closest you get is is the bar and I think the Usos are a, a decent step ahead of those guys. Um, what they do together is magic. What the Bludgeon Brothers can add because forget the presentation for a second the presentation's garbage we've discussed that before 
but let's just call them Harper and Rowan. Let's just say what Harper and Rowan can add is a big man dynamic that that match didn't have. They can add an element of fear, an obstacle for these two tag teams to overcome both together and as a disruptive influence between them. Um, in wrestling terms, they can, you know, they're a big team that mean they can do different moves using those guys, both, um, both using them as springboards and being thrown around by them. I think this match could be outstanding because don't don't forget as poor as they look in those outfits Harper in particular Rowan, Rowan holds his own but Harper is outstanding and he gets it put these th- put these guys in the ring together and you could have serious magic I think we've said this before that this is an original thought but you can sort of equate these three to your Yep. Your Hardys and your Dudleys and your and your Edging Christian. It's not an exact science, but it's not a million miles away. Um and so maybe this is just the start of something. Maybe these three all come together again and we hang the title belts from a ladder at, at SummerSlam. Um or maybe another time. Uh whatever happens, I don't think this is the end of it. I think we'll see these teams in action a wee bit more together. I know it feels like we've seen the new day and uh the Usos a lot, but it still seems to work. The Bludgeon Brothers are just adding a, a new dimension to it. Um, I have written... Um, this is what I wrote for the uh, the prediction. I hate the name, hate the outfits, hate the hammers, hate the choreographed entrance, but I still love Harper and Rowan. Uh, and I, I stick with exactly what I wrote. Um, I love them for those reasons. I think they've got the upward mobility. Um, and I'm, I think this is the right time to have them win... You know, you can you can do the whole thing where they didn't beat the champions or whoever they beat. The other team says, "Well, you didn't beat us." You know, there's more fluidity to it. So, I think probably the Bludgeon the Bludgeon Brothers get the pin on the new day, and the Usos come out and go, "Okay, but you didn't beat us." And then you you go the next time with the Bludgeon Brothers and the Usos, and the Bludgeon Brothers win, and then you can do Bludgeon Brothers versus the New Day, and then you can go to the, the triple threat for the for the ladder match or, or some something like that. So I think there's plenty of ways of going, and uh, that's pretty cool. And I agree with you. I think there's a a very fair shout for this being an excellent match. And I I, I hesitate to say this because it's such a cliche when people talk about the the sleeper match, but I and I don't mean like Brutus Beefcake versus Roddy Piper trying to you know choke the other one out. I mean the, the match that's uh, the one that people aren't really paying attention to. Yeah. People always get that wrong, you know. They'll always go, oh, I think I think the sleeper match of the show could be AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. It's like, oh, what the one that people are all talking about, yeah? The, the sleeper one is the one that you're not really thinking about that kind of comes out of nowhere, and you go, wow, I wasn't even thinking about that one. And I think this has got a real shout for when we talk about this on the show next week, saying, was this the best match of the night? I think it's going to be up there. Uh, yeah. I th- I think I agree with you actually in in that it's going to be it, it could 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 be the best match of the night and I'll tell you why I think there's a chance that Styles and Nakamura will disappoint but I think it could be the best match of the night I'm predicting the Usos because I realise I haven't actually made a prediction yet I, I was um, to ask. I'm going to predict the Usos and it's it's quite a basic reason really um, not so much for what's going on in this match or what can go in the future but I've got enough title changes predicted on this card. And I okay. don't, and and something, some champs need to defend. So I think it's these guys. Fair enough. So, uh, your turn for the next. Oh, and in fact, before we do the next pick, I want to very quickly just um, refer everyone back to um, 
the WrestleMania shows themselves that, that we're doing. It's just it's just by way of a little reminder, um, really. But um, what we didn't say when we were talking about the shows earlier on is what an ideal time they are to you know, to do what we're doing now. You can have a real in-depth chat about wrestling and and go into all sorts of crazy detail about famous wrestling matches of the past and your favourite wrestlers and all this kind of thing and you can do all this leaning on a bar having a beverage with people that you've never met before because that genuinely happens I'll tell you a great story I remember when I was my first week ever at university and I went to a I went to a pub one night just happened to be a pub quite near me went on my own fancied a beer didn't know anyone but it was just standing around having a beer there was a game of football on I think it was Man United playing in Europe or something and I, someone scored a great goal and I reacted to it and this bloke next to me went he went, oh, you're not United fan? And I said, no, I'm just a fan of good football, and it was a good goal. And we shook hands, and we introduced each other. His name was Craig. He was a Palace fan. I said, I'm Rob. I'm a Plymouth fan. And we talked about football for the next two hours, having a beer. We both walked away, and I say for the next couple of years at university, we'd walk past, walk past one another every now and again and go, all right, mate, all right, how's it going? Don't think we ever, ever had a conversation more than, all right, mate, in, after that. But for one night, just because this guy happened to know his football, so did I, you hit it off immediately because football brings people together like that. So does wrestling, even more so when you're talking about one of our parties. And from the minute you walk through the door at a hooked-on party, it doesn't matter if it's one of our smaller venues that's only got 50 or 60 people, one of our bigger ones that's got four or 500, you know what you're getting. You're going to walk through. There's no embarrassment. There's no, um, I wonder if anyone's going to be into the same thing as me you know they are it's almost like your inhibitions are left at the door you can walk through and you can talk to anyone about any wrestling subject you're not going to get belittled you're not going to be made fun of and genuinely you can make friends for life we have people coming to our events that never met before we've had couples come out of this pool haven't we we, we know yep. people that turned up as singles you know or came with their friend or something to a hooked on party and they've now been together you know, more more than a year or two. Have we had a hooked on wedding yet? <laughs> I don't think no, we've had a hooked on wedding. Not that I'm aware if anyone's of. Out, if anyone's out there, genuinely, if anyone's out there, and you're you know you're together, and uh, hey lads, if you're thinking about it, why not ask at Mania, eh? What a time that would be. I don't mind sharing the stage. Come up, ask her the question at WrestleMania. What a, <laughs> what, a what a cool thing that would be. Please, please be confident she's going to say yes. Yeah, that's probably yeah. Awkward. Yeah, at least you do know that if you do, if you do, if she does answer in the affirmative, that another 500 people will all shout yes while pointing their fingers to the stars. Um, but uh, listen, whoever you are, wherever you're from, please think about that when you're coming along, because lots of people will say, oh, I don't really want to go on my own. But genuinely, even if you don't, even if you come and you just stand in a corner and don't talk to anyone, it's still pretty cool because you'll see everyone's reactions and you'll just see everyone having a good night. I'm, I'm talking it up because I'm aware that some people will say, well, why should I come and pay you Hooked on Wrestling and pay bar prices for a beer when actually I can go down the corner shop, get some tinnies, watch it on the WWE Network in my bedroom. And yeah, you can. And we wish you the very best in your future endeavours if that is what you wish to do because there's nothing wrong with that and it's absolutely, totally cool. We, we don't have an issue with it. But it's not what we're about and it's what we think is the real selling point of the Hooked On Party is that it's a different experience that you can only experience, you know, three times a year or so. So um, that's kind of my side of things. Paul, do you have a similar sort of pitch, I would imagine? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's just, you know, what we do is bring wrestling fans together to enjoy what we all love. We can all and all have done, watched it on our own in our bedrooms, on our big screen TVs, in our lounges, whatever. 
tweeting on Facebook, talking to maybe a couple of mates, and it's a fantastic way to watch wrestling because wrestling is awesome. But there is nothing better, short of being in the stadium yourself, than being than experiencing the biggest moments in wrestling surrounded by tons of your fellow fans and anybody who's been there for one of those moments will tell you whether it's AJ coming out of the Rumble Hardy's returning last year Daniel Bryan winning the title they're the big ones um, you can always say I saw that if you're at home but you didn't really experience it like you do when you're at one of our parties and there is a big huge difference um, and we can't you know the only way to do it and there will be moments like that this year you know, you know imagine the scenes when Ride of the Valkyries hits up and Daniel Bryan comes out be or with when us. Carmella cashes in the money in the bank against Asuka yeah or either or I'll probably be in the bathroom yeah. uh, for okay. both of those because I'm unlucky but um, just come along even if it's a one off come along experience it yourself there aren't many people that turn their noses up when they've been to one of our events we're doing this because we love wrestling. We love bringing wrestling fans together. And now we're doing it all over the country. So please come and support us. If you want, if you love the idea of this, show us that we're on the right track. Show us you want us in your town by coming out. Because if you do that, we will stick around. And if you don't, we'll move our resources onto another town where they might want us. Just the, just the economics of it, really. Um, can't wait to have you guys. Simple as that. That's it, really. That's my sales pitch done. Okay, I'll um, I will summarise that segment. Um, Carmella, Paul, a one-off in the bathroom, and then we move on. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, just 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 some just summarising it. Let's just get into the the key points there. Um, but uh, we did say we'd have a little chat about some hosts, Paul. Um, we've already talked way too much about me on this podcast um, and my potential um, singing escapades on the evening. Um, so that's uh put some people off uh, both their dinner and coming to London show but um, <laughs> if you can stand the idea actually genuinely what I try and do is just keep the evening moving and um, just keep you uh, abreast of what we're doing read your quiz answers out and try and facilitate everything the, the night is not necessarily about the host but it's not as far as I'm concerned but it's, there are some places where we have got some brilliant hosts and they are you know people in their own right that are entertainers that are wrestlers that are, are in the industry and they know how to perform for a crowd and we are getting them in because the host can add something in the right circumstances so um, do you want to pick a few to uh, well, just highlight who we've got no, I'm not going to pick a few card? I think it's only fair that for the first time we've done this we're going to go through everybody bear with us okay. guys but I want to make sure everyone gets some shine we pick, we pick our guys because we have some people that are you know big names in the wrestling world that you want to go and spend time with want to go and meet have your picture taken with and that's all good you can do all that um, some guys are just damn good hosts and professionals right. so um, we, we try and get a bit of a mix but just to run through very quickly who's who and where's where you know about Robert Clapham we've got um, Andy Shepard from WWE's United Kingdom Tournament and Bama he's the ring announcer at WWE in the UK and he's the uh, co-commentator for Bama. He's at London Bridge. We've got that's a bit of class. That is, that's a great book. I want to say that's. I'm not going to interrupt on every one of these, but that is a great booking because I don't know Andy, but you know, ring announcers have to do it with a certain amount. We've got several ring announcers we have. that are hosting some of our shows. We'll come to some others, but you know, to be to do it on that sort of level, to be someone that's endorsed by WWE, you've got to have something about you. Paul obviously um, works uh, in association with Bama as well, so. Um, has that connection you don't get those link ups with WWE and Bama unless you know what you're doing 
so for ha having him come to one of our shows especially this sort of um, experimental VIP one that we're doing at London Bridge I, th I, I think it could be your best get of them all Paul it's a great appointment thank you very much um, at Manchester we've got our old stalwart he's a great guy they love him there it's Danny Hope up in Manchester we've got Ben Brown again he's basically our resident guy in Leeds in our new venue at Walkabout as you've mentioned earlier on the podcast we've got the uh, Doug Williams the anarchist at Watford we've got WWE's uh, United Kingdom uh, one of the stars of WWE's United Kingdom division Joseph Connors in Nottingham uh, one of my favourites one of my many favourites of our hosts in Birmingham the big man Dave Mastiff the native they love him there so he's going to be taking up residency there at the Texan Roadhouse we've got our old buddy one of our most long-standing hosts probably our most long-standing after uh, after Rob actually we've got Steve Linsky at Bournemouth um, another polymath in the wrestling world is at Newbury Chris Hatch probably primarily known for his ring announcing and his refereeing at IPW but he's worked absolutely everywhere um, at Derby one of my exciting new guys to the Hooked On team we've got um, we've got Joey Axel one of the uh, young guys an Australian uh, wrestler on the UK scene I'm sure you've heard of him he's going to be at Derby at Leicester we've got our old pal um, and veteran of the TNA fan party she put those things together she was the driving force behind those it's Jade O'Malley in Sheffield um, we have got oh this is a really interesting one this one another newcomer Jody Fleisch Jody Fleisch what a name he's at Sheffield we've got Richard Young in Cleethorpes Youngy. he's a ring announcer again for various territories or going back all the way to the FWA days he's at Cleethorpes um, in Chester we've got our old pal Gilligan Gordon um, fantastic member of the team relative reason he's done lots of different parties for us all over the country and gone down a storm at each one it, all beginning with the letter C all beginning with the letter C exactly in Newcastle we've got two different hosts at Aspers Casino we've got an, another newcomer one that I'm excited about Little Miss Roxy one of the best female workers in the country Little Miss Roxy is going to be at Aspers Casino and our old pal Stevie Aaron is returning to the fold uh, one of the one of the best ring announcers around for um, NGW for 3CW um, local lad he's going to be in our beer keller party Glasgow walkabout we've got Jamie Kennedy great guy uh, heel manager commentator just a just a all round entertainer really do go up and tell him he looks like a shite George Michael he does appreciate it as much as he says he doesn't um, at Bristol we've got uh, one of the newcomers actually he's a he's a um, recent graduate from the Dragon Pro Academy it's Will Burden um, he's hosting it at Bristol he's, he's helped out in a few of our parties before he's getting a promotion to uh, to run his own this time um, hopefully you guys will enjoy his work in Luton another stalwart of the British scene what I'm really excited about Johnny Storm is going to be our host there uh, Lincoln I know a lot of you guys are really pleased about this appointment we've got Lana Austin um, again one of the top female wrestlers in the country in Lincoln Beverly um my mate Andy Sparrow actually I won't sugarcoat this we're going with my mate Andy not a known guy in the scene but he's a very good very good with a mic good with the crowd um, bit of a local lad as well so he's going to be working for us in Beverly over in Calgary um, we've got uh, the British guy transplanted over there to Calgary 10 years ago he's my my old buddy he's one of the um, 
But one of the drive time DJs on one of the biggest commercial stations out there now is Rob Grant in York. We've got another great UK wrestler in Sam Bailey in Brighton. We've got um, B in Sport and CNN's um, Richard Parr, host of the Sports Chino podcast. And last but by no means least, it's the owners of Pro Wrestling Eve. It's Dan and Emily Reed in Chelmsford, and we're done. That's, I mean, it's such a great lineup. I was lots of times I wanted to interject there, but I thought if I keep doing it, we'll be here all bloody night. <laughs> but Jody Fleisch and Johnny Storm. I mean, oh, I mean, it's just talk about early two thousands British wrestling personified by that pair. And I'm, I'm selling them short. They're still, you know, they're still very handy today. But I'm saying that there was that real. If there was ever, I mean, I think, I think W, I think UK wrestling, British wrestling, right now. Is, I think it's 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 very peak. Well, maybe it can go even higher, but I think it's the best it's ever been. You can argue all you like about your your British wrestling in the old days when it was on World of Sport. Of course, you'd rather have national television exposure, etc., etc. But in terms of the quality of what you can just turn up and watch, there's never been anything like there is right now. But if there was ever another era, you know, it was that sort of FWA ten years ago or so, and you know when there were people like Johnny and Jody that were doing their business and and really around so the fact that they are with us now as well as people like Doug and Dave and and uh, new, newer guys like Will and Joseph Connors and I'm just so excited Paul that we're, we're attracting these kind of people that are uh, that are helping us out that want to come and work for Hooked On because I'm sure they can get bookings you know lots of people do wrestling shows on Wrestlemania night so they could get bookings to go and work but they'd like to come and work with us and uh, and, and do their thing so that's that's really cool and I just want to put one little thing in I'm not absolutely certain about this but I want to put it as a little caveat because I know how protective people can be about their areas um, just as when I tell you that um, Grimsby's in Humberside or in Yorkshire or whatever and you snap at me and tell me that it's not and it's in Lincolnshire or whatever I, I never get it right um, I got that wrong again haven't I yes it's in North East Links yeah. but carry on okay well you always have a go at me for getting that a bit wrong you referred to, uh, to Dave as being a native when uh, you said that Dave Mastiff is hosting the uh, the Birmingham show, and I'm Did. fairly certain that he is billed as being from the black country, which is very different. Apologies, guys. Just I'm just saying, it's just you know. No, it's, it's a sem- it's a fair it's semantics, but it's the same as if you're from if you're from uh, you know from Durham, you're not a Geordie, and uh, you're not necessarily a Brummie if you're from the black country. That's all I'm saying. Fair it's, shout, uh, fair shout. Uh, I just I want to be uh, nice and protective because God knows I know what it's like when. Uh, I've already on this show said we're doing shows all over the UK and actually we're not in Northern Ireland and we're not in Wales this time and people will be very angry with me for saying that but uh, my, my apologies but it's just it's a bit of a it's a bit of a free hand which we use quite wrongly yep where you can get tickets Paul tell us one more time where people can uh, can get their tickets from if they want to come and see any one of our fantastic hosts really quickly before we get back to the preview you can get tickets from ringsideworld.co.uk or hookedoneventscouk forward slash store and all the information you need is at facebook.com forward slash hooked on sorry ho wrestling Paul Benson is basically now part man, part laptop. It <laughs> That's is, not exaggeration. It, it is essentially welded to his front. Um, his poor wife can't get actually near him because she's got an iMac between her and him. Uh, she's having to wave across the uh, across the little bit of metal. So um, if you want to ask any sort of question in the next couple of days, if you're not sure about anything, there really isn't a question that's too silly because we've heard everything before 
um, and sometimes we haven't explained ourselves well, sometimes you haven't read it properly, but there's all sorts of reasons why you might need to ask a question. A couple of little FAQs right now, Paul. Um, people don't have to wear wrestling apparel. Um, that often gets asked, do I have to wear fancy dress? No. Um, if you want to go out and find a costume, absolutely brilliant. If you just want to come in any gear that you've got knocking around, fantastic. I'd say that most people, I'm talking probably, what, 80, 85% of people are sort of wrestling shirt and jeans. That's pretty much the kind of the, the stock um, apparel for people. Some make a night of it and dress up dead smart. Some people come in crappy work clothes. A lot of people go with wrestling shirt and jeans. Some people come in fancy dress. Um, the only other one that I can think of really quickly, and this is a, a much more straightforward one, um, can I come if I'm under 18? Paul? Nope. You cannot. We're all in bars, unfortunately. Sorry, but it's over 18s only. And for you guys that are over 18, please bring ID. Um, not just for those that look under 18, but you know, bars nowadays are very security conscious. They want to know who's in there, so they want your ID. So please come with photo ID. Yeah, and that is basically everyone. I know if you're, you know, 65 years old um, with wrinkles and, and several beards, um, then you're not going to uh, look under 18. But yep, as Paul says, sometimes people still need to see some sort of uh, registration ID as it were um, so please do come along with something that you can uh, you can show the bar that you can maybe scan in uh, because we'd hate for you especially if you've travelled and got hotels and that kind of thing to uh, to get to the door and not be able to do it so please think ahead please bring something um, what about Paul um, when, when they arrive uh, how do people get into the actual thing because it's not a physical ticket necessarily no just bring your payment confirmation or your ticket or whatever you've got as proof of booking give your name and we will swap for wristbands on the door also um, just be uh, aware of that we are having venues that are often city centre and that kind of thing and we are finishing at 4, 5, 6 in the morning it's no difference if you're going out on any kind of night out but we do just ask, try and be really respectful um, when you're leaving the venue because sometimes, oftentimes, in fact, we are the only bar open in the area. Sometimes even people are going to work when we're uh, leaving our parties uh, and it's just nice that um, wrestling fans generally have a great reputation. You might not realise that, but we go to a hell of a lot of places where um, the bar are going, oh, blimey, what we let ourselves in for here, wrestling. And actually 300 people turn up have a beer, sing some songs, watch a bit of wrestling, cheer, boo, tweet, and then leave. And then they, the bar hasn't had a speck of trouble, they've not had a fight, they've not had to throw anyone out for swearing, they've had not an issue, and they thank us for being a wonderful crowd. That happens up and down the country, every pay-per-view, with only very, very minor exceptions. So, first of, first of all, behave. Right, This is, you know, we want to do all this again, we want to do it in other bars again. Just... Um, you know, progress have got it right. It's a good slogan they have, which is "Don't be a dick," right? So that's a good one. So please behave. But literally, thousands of you do every time. So we're very proud of you for doing that. But also uphold the reputation of both wrestling fans and Hooked on Wrestling, because genuinely we have a hell of a reputation now that people um, really love our parties um, from the the customer side, but also the bars that we are working with constantly tell us what a great bunch you are, so please, please keep that going. That sounds like a bit of a pathetic plea, but it's a, it's a necessary one, because we're, we're getting to the point now where this is not a, a silly little side venture with a couple of hundred people. This is a, a real sensible thing, and we don't want the uh, 
the name tarnished by any means. But uh, you've all done a brilliant job so far. I'm sure you will carry on. Uh, anything else, Paul, that's a bit of an FAQ? Um, I think we've covered the important ones, guys. Most importantly, enjoy yourself. Yes. Um, have some drinks. Respect your fellow fans. We will... Um, we will tolerate an awful lot because we all like to get rowdy and have some fun but if it's causing other people discomfort or um or upset then you will be asked to stop it um in no uncertain terms the other one i'd like to say is when we do our promo contests and our costume contests this one is very key because we got very close to being in big trouble last time there will be absolutely no physical contact between you allowed um in that contest if anyone tries to do and this will put we'll, we'll say this again before we put the contest on we'll make it very clear but if anyone tries to do any wrestling moves on each other on the um on the stage or during this contest we are now completely obliged by the terms of our license our license to eject you that's not something we want to do or we've brought in that is absolutely the terms of our license agreement with the venues and with everybody else. If you are seen, if you perform wrestling moves on each other during that costume contest, you'll be asked to leave the bar, no questions asked. Yep, that's the fact. We'll, we'll, we'll be the heels on this occasion. Folks, you can boo us if you want, and I'm sure they will uh, when I make that announcement on the night a couple of times. But yeah, it got a bit... It was all good fun, and then it got a bit silly, and it only takes one person to land on someone badly, and... And everyone's night more. ends. And uh, yeah, because someone breaks their ankle messing around on the stage, and then we have to basically we would have to cancel, yeah, and that would be a hell of a lot of people's night ruin. Um, just speaking of something as a bit of an aside, um, in a real world sporting uh, thing, have you heard of a guy called Tony Finau? No. Tony Finau, F-I-N-A-U, his surname is spelled. Um, he is a golfer, professional golfer. It is the US Masters this weekend. It's the first of the golf majors. Yeah. And the day before, on the Wednesday, they have a par three competition. So they just have a bit of a knock around. It's a bit of a fun competition. With, they get family involved, caddying, little kids caddying, and all this kind of stuff. Um, Tony Finau, on the par three competition yesterday, got a hole in one, went running down the fairway to celebrate, turned back round to return to the tee, dislocated his ankle, sat down, popped it back in and then carried on celebrating albeit limping played one more hole and then had to stop looked like he was going to not enter the competition actually entered anyway and as we speak is three under par one shot off the lead he's hardcore he's hardcore that was exactly the reaction I was looking for these talk about something actually if someone dislocated their ankle in a wrestling match and then wrestled the following night on Raw we'd be going oh, talk about not selling it I know golf is not exactly an Iron Man match but come on now he's dislocated his ankle and then put it back in nice Tony Finau is a legend right that's what I'm going to say and I'm booking him for Wrestlemania 36 against Conor McGregor well done Tony Finau but let's crack on <laughs> it's 11 o'clock recording <laughs> have time. you ever heard Paul have you ever heard Paul less enthused Rob's telling yep. this golf story not interested what's not he interested, Rob. move on move on no one cares <laughs> isn't there that, that big famous wrestling and golf crossover mm. no? that huge amount of golf fans I think, I think it's a very similar demographic but even so it's 11 o'clock and I've got stuff to do so let's get on with these matches been, eh? you've got stuff to people. do there's been, you know, people like um, Kerwin White. There, you're right. There's been, oh, there's, gimmick, there's been a hole, hole in one, Barry, hole in one Barry Darcel. And there it ends. Yeah. 
I just want to I just want to talk talk about it more and drag it out and just <laughs> just, just annoy you really. But uh, oh no, sorry, being nice, we're being nice, aren't we? Okay, back to the WrestleMania uh, uh, predictions um, and match analysis, as it were. Uh, it's your turn to pick. There's not all that many to pick from now. I think we're down to the last. Uh, I think we're down to the four fam- or five matches. I think we're down to the famous five now, as we'll term it. Um, so I will go with. I suppose the next. Hold on, I'm just going to pull my. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'm going to break rank here and just um, we'll pull rank or so. A couple of weeks ago, when we did our the four matches to follow, uh, we picked a certain four. So I think we should leave them as the last four. They're the ones you've not talked about yet. I'll go a bit quiet on those ones and let you lead. Um, but the one that we didn't do on that night. So this was when Paul was on holiday. Uh, and I got four uh, guests in to talk about a specific match each. Uh, we talked about four matches that we were in tonight with, but we didn't uh, talk about uh, the whole Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owen, Sami Zayn, Shane McMahon, etc. situation. It was very much playing out at that time. Um, so we can touch on it now and make this our fifth to last match before we go on to the big right. four. So Fantastic. Let's do that. Set it up. Set it up for us, mate. Well, obviously, obviously, the big story here is that we are about to see the in-ring return of Daniel Bryan. How amazing is that? Something we never thought we'd see in WWE ring. I think everyone kind of knew that it was coming in some form or fashion you know if he hadn't been cleared by WWE this would have been his last year and under contract there he'd have been off doing his thing in New Japan or Ring of Honor or wherever else and he'd have been the most famous and wealthy independent wrestling star of all time and it wouldn't have even been close but no lucky for us we get to see Daniel Bryan step into the ring at Wrestlemania at the scene of his greatest triumph the New Orleans Mercedes-Benz Superdome and it is going to be an absolutely joyous occasion I would go as far to say Rob as tears are going to be shed um, when people see that guy step back in the ring, um, both in New Orleans, um, in the Bella household, and indeed at our parties. And he's stepping in for a really, really good match. By luck or judgment, this feud has come together really nicely. Um, Ken Owens and Sami Zayn have been a wonderful little hill combo. Uh, they're taking on the authority, the face authority figures randomly. Um, doesn't happen so often, does it? But they are taking, and, and I love the touch on SmackDown this week where you had the making up essentially, where Daniel Bryan admitted he was wrong, Shane McMahon admitted he was wrong, um, and they both combine their efforts to taking on Owens and Zayn. Um, I just can't wait to see Brian back in the ring against two fantastic, capable opponents. Shane can do his thing. I'm not so interested in that, but you know, it is what it is. Um, these three guys who are the, you know, the bastion of independent wrestling at one time are just going to put on a sensational contest, I think, at WrestleMania. How's it going to end? In my opinion, it's going to end with Daniel Bryan staring at the lights when Shane McMahon turns on him. Um, you said it earlier, Daniel Bryan's not a guy that needs to win. He doesn't need his triumphant return from injury to be with a win. He needs a cause and he needs to chase something. Um, and I think that's what we'll see. I think he'll be chasing... Shane and Owens and Zayn in some form or fashion um, up against it really up against it um, as a as a heel I know I've predicted a lot of face and heel turns on this card and saving the noise that not all of them will come off but I think maybe one or two will um, and this is another one that I'm predicting that way too so I'm saying Owens and Zayn over the authority the face authority through uh, through shenanigans uh, no, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. Um, <laughs> that Shane turns on Brian to assist two people he's had such trouble with. Um, 
I know WWE logic can be all over the place at times, but I think even they wouldn't have Shane McMahon side with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, I am more worried it's the other way round. I'm more worried that they have Daniel Bryan turn on Shane um, and join the other two. Um, although even said so, that still doesn't make any sense because they beat the living tar out of uh, of Bryan as well, didn't they? But uh, I would say I'd be more worried that they would do that and throw away what could potentially be another huge Daniel Bryan babyface run. I'm going to choose neither. I'm going to choose that both of those things are just uh, things that we are putting in our heads because we're used to it happening. Um, and I'm going to go with the basics again. I think sometimes try not to overthink it. When you have someone returning that is as hot a property as Daniel Bryan, um, the story should write itself. I think the story that writes itself is that the baby face returns. And it doesn't matter who he teams up with. Uh, but he, he teams up and he gets his hand raised. Um, I think maybe Shane and Owens fight to the back and fall off something huge. And it just leaves Daniel Bryan and, and Sami Zayn in the ring. And Daniel Bryan taps him out. I think, I think it's as basic as that. I actually, do you know what? I might actually say he doesn't tap him out only because I think someone else might be tapping out later on on the show. Fair point. And I think, and maybe I think if Asuka's going to tap out Charlotte, and I think there's going to be a bit of a, a I think well, there may be a McMahon tapping later, and it's not Shane. Um, then I'm going to say that maybe Daniel Bryan wins with that sort of flying knee thing that he did. Um, do you remember when he, he yeah yeah that? I, I do I don't really know what that's called but uh, the big flying knee that he debuted against Cena um, which I kind of is kind of a bit like um, I suppose they might not have him do that anymore I don't know if that's too similar to Nakamura's uh, King Shaza but um, anyway I think Daniel Bryan beats Sami Zayn and everyone's happy and Bryan and Shane high five and next week on Raw or Smackdown Daniel Bryan starts his, his feud with the Miz I think that's the I think we want to get Daniel Bryan in. I think he might have a nice little thanks very much ceremony on SmackDown. I'm going to be back as a wrestler. And Miz attacks him and we do a bit of Bryan versus Miz. I think that's the the way that we go and get him back into the scene. I think sometimes you just treat it nice and sensibly. He wins at Mania, he wins against the Miz, and he starts getting him back into big company against some big stars. Well, I certainly wouldn't complain about that. Okay, the big four. Um, well, the four matches that remain anyway for us to uh, to discuss, unless we've made a wild error. Um, are the four matches that uh, I talked with uh, a specific guest on each podcast uh, sorry, a specific guest on each match on the podcast a few weeks ago uh, when we had Gilligan Gordon and Stevie Cox uh, and we had Chris Hatch and we had Jade O'Malley and all of them will be appearing at a HotCon party near you on Sunday um, so you can go back and listen to those if you wish um, there have been some developments since then of course so uh, um, there are some changes but uh, because I've already done a little bit of talking on then I'm going to try and let Paul take the lead here and just interject when he's clearly and obviously wrong <laughs> well um, sim- similarly you know we've done a lot on these um, not so long ago so I'm going to keep my thoughts on them quite brief because we don't want to be going over old ground there's only so much to say so which one do you want me to start with Rob I want you to start with the question mark match the this is actually oh, happening oh, oh. isn't it match <sighs> Well, John Cena versus Undertaker. Just before we came on air, I saw a poster that WWE have put up in New Orleans featuring the match card, and it actually features Cena against Undertaker. But Undertaker's picture is kind of half transparent with a question mark over it, and it says in in small print underneath it, this match is not guaranteed to happen, or something like those. We cannot confirm this match at time of print or something. Um, ridiculous. You know, I'm going to have a little rant here. We've got two of the biggest stars in wrestling history. 
two stars that you could argue define modern day WWE or recent WWE who've never fought at WrestleMania, who have never so much touched since Cena's early days in what, 2003, four, and you put them in a feud where Undertaker doesn't even turn up on TV and where they don't actually confirm the match until WrestleMania. Now, we all know it's happening. And I understand that you don't have the same promotional pressures as you did when it was a pure pay-per-view era and they're trying something different. I get all that, but oh my God, WWE can put cards together now, but they cannot build cards like they used to. And this should have been so easy to build into a into a situation where we were dying to see these two face off. As it is, we all want to. and It's going to be a great spectacle, but there's no nobody's buying this John Cena can't get a place on Wrestlemania you know it's John Cena he's the biggest drawing money star since Steve Austin arguably longer than that because of his drawing period you try telling me that they're not going to put him on Wrestlemania just because there's not a natural spot for him do not insult my intelligence it's ridiculous you know and then he dismisses this week on Raw why he's not going into the Andre Battle Royal and stuff no it's surely better you know his alternative is going as a fan he says going in the Android of a giant battle royal and trying to win that is surely better than going as a fan honestly this this build has really upset me I think it's I think it's so poor and I'm really I, you know the match is still going to be good but why can't we be allowed to really get excited about it and really see it build it's really cheesed me off um, because the fact is as well as, as a spectacle these two are going to be great but they're both way, way past their prime. The match isn't going to be much cop, I don't think. So what are we left with? A moment. And it will be a great moment. No question about it. But that's all. There's no interaction built up between the two. Presumably they're not going to have a promo battle back and forth. What What are they going to do? You know, I'm not, I'm just not happy with it at all, frankly. Uh, um, what if they didn't have the match? Well, that's another option. I put that on a poll on the Facebook page today. You know, it could be they might not. They might build it to a future pay per view. It could be the main event of SummerSlam. Could be the that would yeah, be insanely balls out, wouldn't it? It would. It to would to get to WrestleMania and have Cena come out and call out Taker, and Taker doesn't answer him. Well, I don't think Cena has that. no. Cena doesn't have a match and Cena just goes to the back and Undertaker didn't come out no just, no chance no, I, don't, I, I, I don't think so either but w- that would be incredible because you imagine people's reaction oh you said there was going to be a match no they didn't no they didn't you just implied by what's happened all the way through no. the, sorry you inferred all the way through what's happened in the history no I don't think so either you'll go no as if I'm talking complete nonsense but imagine if they actually did it wouldn't that take some unbelievable bottle no I think it would be it's, no, I don't not, think I don't think it'd be bottled at all. I think it'd be unbelievable stupidity. Um, no, there was just people people assuming there's going to be a match. They shouldn't. They shouldn't assume. Yeah, and you shouldn't bait your fans like that. <laughs> it, oh, but they do. No, oh, but they do. Not not on that scale. They don't. No, that's not worth discussing because it's not an option. Then then no, I, okay, I will entertain enough. the talk about Taker and Cena not having a match. I don't believe that'll happen, but I'll entertain the discussion. Cena and Undertaker are coming face to face in that ring. Um, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. I think, to answer seriously your question, I think what they've decided is that they don't know how to bring Undertaker back before WrestleMania as the American badass. Because I, I, I think 
I don't often just assume that what's on the internet is true, but I think this time they've probably got it right. I think the hat and the gloves and all that kind of stuff being left in the ring last year was the symbolic retirement of quote unquote the dead man taker. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I know he came back at the Raw for the anniversary, but as people Let's very, I, I, I never, I never spotted it. But people did point out that when he came back for that Raw anniversary or whatever it was, um, he didn't have on those items that he left in the ring. He, he had, he had, you know, he wasn't like he just put the hat on again. He didn't have it. So, I do think this is American Badass Taker coming back. Um, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a quite a nice WrestleMania moment. And I simply think they didn't know what to do. They didn't want to do some creepy Undertaker promos because essentially the Undertaker is gone. And they didn't want to do any. They didn't want to do any American badass promos because they don't want to ruin the surprise. So I think they've decided what we're going to do is we're going to have Cena talk and talk and talk and talk, and then when Undertaker meets him at Mania, and it's. Kid Rock doing American Badass, or it's Limp Biscuit doing Rolling, or whatever it is, and here comes Taker on the bike. I think that's what they're going for. I think they're going for that moment, assuming that you're you're not going to see it coming, and uh, I think that's why you've not seen Taker so far. Um, all that aside, let's assume the match goes ahead. Who's getting their hand raised? Taker. Vehemently, says Paul. Vehemently. Why? Uh, why the why the certainty? Because people need a happy ending for his career. His career shouldn't end by losing to Roman Reigns. Cena can take the loss. He's utterly bulletproof at this stage of his career. So I think it comes down to what the fans want to see more. And I think we all want to see, assuming that this is Taker's last hurrah, not saying it will be, we've said that for a good few years now, haven't we? But assuming it is, people want to see The Undertaker go out with his hand raised. Um, And that's what I think we're going to see. I've said for a little while one of the benefits of the streak being ended uh, and then also I guess Taker losing to Reigns as well is that now if it, however many more Undertaker matches you get whether it's just this one or five more or whatever it happens to be I think that Undertaker matches now become a little bit more unpredictable because he has won and he has lost and so although we can bemoan the lack of the streak well actually everybody else has to have matches where they win or they lose and so it just makes Undertaker another one of those people. You, know, you could argue that he never should have become mortal like that. Mm-hmm. But he has. But the fact is, he has. So therefore, I do think you can maybe enjoy this match on a different level as a just a just a wrestling fan, if you like, because um, maybe Undertaker will get beat and maybe Undertaker will win. I think you can have that that entertainment value on who wins and who loses a little bit different to how you would have in the past. So I think there is an argument to say that Cena, who has lost a lot of matches just lately in his in the storyline, trying to get his mojo back, you know, could get it by beating the Undertaker, and it gives Cena his confidence back, and we go into a Cena challenging for the title later on in the year sort of program. Um, so I can see that. So I think it's plausible. So when Cena hits a Super AA from the top and goes to cover, then there's a plausible, you know, count there. Yep. I actually agree with you. I think Undertaker's going to win. I think it'll be Dead Man Taker. I think he's going to win with the last ride. Um, and I think it can either be him going out in style, so he wins on his last match, or it's that he regains his aura. And that sort of works that if you're going to wrestle another match in the future, 
it's back to being Undertaker being able to beat big talent. So if you do Undertaker versus name your opponent next year, it isn't that, well, Taker's clearly going to job because that's what he does now. And it's not Taker's going to win because he always does. You've got that question mark over it. Um, but also, I, I, more importantly here is I like the Cena story. I like the Cena doubting himself story. And he's, he's kind of like grown in confidence over these last few weeks, calling out Taker, calling him a coward. But if Taker, the old man who we thought was retired, comes back and beats Cena, what then for John? Mm. And I like that story. I think that's a really good story to be able to tell. However often John's going to be around, I don't know. But I do like where you can take John Cena's lack of confidence and, and who he can wrestle with it. And, you know, it's it's got some... It's got some legs to me, so I'm going to take it to win, but you know, there's 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 possibilities. Yep, agreed. Okay. God, we did really Let's well. Do... We did really well in getting to that one quickly, didn't we? <laughs> well, but it was it was. I think it was interesting. I know. I think it was matters that we've not discussed True. because actually, we didn't we didn't for a second think that we were going to get till the Thursday of WrestleMania week and still hadn't seen take. No, so quite. I think it added a different dimension. I think it was worth discussing. Um. We did, however, know this one quite a long way out, so this might be a little bit quicker because I think we're going to essentially say the same thing for this. Uh, Ronda and Steph. Oh, and uh, Triple H and Kurt Angle. <laughs> yes, um, I think this is the this this match is uh, more so than any match on the card. This is a WrestleMania match. This epitomizes WrestleMania. It's it's got mainstream appeal in spades with Ronda Rousey. It's got two guys. And it's well, got McMahon's, it's damn it! Got a, it's got a couple of McMahon's. It's got two guys who were famous when wrestling was on everybody's lips. Um, I think it's going to be great fun. I you know, I think it's going to be a, a fun match to watch with um, a lot of talent in there who know what they're doing. I'm not calling, not saying talent in the same way as you know, it might be five star classic talent, but talent who know how to tell story, create drama. Um, get the audience into their matches ultimately Ronda's going to win with an armbar of that there is there has to be little doubt Ronda's going to win with an armbar the only question in my mind is who is that armbar applied to no no Triple H doesn't tap Triple no, H taps Steph if he wants to get his big no, new talent over no 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 Steph taps well we'll see no I'm, hey he ain't doing that he might he might sell a he might sell a hip toss or two but He's not selling an armbar, no, not Triple H. With a, and I, I, by the way, neither. By the way, so he shouldn't either. With a gun, neither with a gun to my head, I think I agree with you. But I'm just putting it out there. Okay, fine. New Jack's in your house. Is he supervising <laughs> this podcast? Um, but uh, I, I, no. I, but yeah, she wins. She, she taps Steph out. That's the story. She taps Steph out. Um, Triple H has got more in him in the future. There's a reason. For, Triple H is secondary here. The story is Steph. Steph is the one that's been the GM. Um, Steph is the one that's been on TV. Triple H has been around a wee bit, but it's, it's Steph's story. And it's Ronda's story. And Kurt Angle is there because they couldn't get The Rock, allegedly. But Kurt Angle is there because he just fits the story. And Triple H is there because he's Steph's wife. Uh, Steph's husband. It's it's her story, and you have to finish it with Ronda tapping Steph out. And you're right, it's the armbar. We have been very deliberate on this um, podcast to not... Um, do betting odds it's something we might have done a few years ago but the way that's uh, sort of transpired over time is that it makes it very very difficult to uh, to discuss without seemingly giving spoilers especially if those odds change quite late on so uh, we don't discuss it we don't look at it I don't look at it anyway I assume Paul is the same um, 
because you have little moments where for example when it's two minutes to twelve and you're looking forward to the Royal Rumble and one of your mates turns to you and said have you seen Randy Orton's one to ten to win the Rumble hideous thanks for that that's clearly ruined that one Um, so we don't indulge in that anymore however if you are someone that does and if you go onto that any particular betting website and you have anything that's not one to a hundred on Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle winning like find out what the maximum is and have a, and open a new account and do it double because they're winning right they just are it makes even WWE with their mental ideas about protecting McMahon's and stuff they are not beating Ronda Rousey no. on her first night it ain't happening Rousey wins with the armbar as Paul says and there is no discussing that at all so if they offer you I don't know one to five or something snap their hand off uh, if they let you have 500 quid to win 100 do it because it's free money um, um, is this where we put a little disclaimer saying um, guarantees are not necessarily applicable to the Hooked On podcast any money that you do have and you may lose it down to your own yes, gamble responsibly <sighs> folks um, ok moving on because we, we know that one uh, so we've got two to go and it leaves us with the uh, the titles I want to end with AJ versus Old Knackers Let, let's do Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar I don't think people want us to end with Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns I think the show is going to end with Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns despite people telling me that it's going to end with Ronda or it's going to end with Cena Taker or it's going to end with uh, the Rumble winner or even that it's going to end with Daniel Bryan um, no it's going to end with Brock Lesnar folks and it's going to end with, it's going to end with Roman Reigns yeah. um, and it's going to end with Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar is there any point in overthinking this this is a smash mouth fight between two big guys and the long term project of Roman Reigns winning the title at Wrestlemania beating Brock Lesnar comes to fruition discuss well I again I would handily agree with you on that one the only seed of doubt in my mind in this is just how vicious they've been in having Dana White and company you know you saw Dana White come out today and say Brock Lesnar is coming back to UFC you saw Brock with that UFC shirt on the other the, 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 uh, meeting Dana White maybe I'm overthinking it maybe I'm being naive but for me there's a big thing in the US about contract tampering it's much more of a thing than it is over here to the point we used to hear about WWE and WCW successfully suing each other all the time for officially holding talks with talent that was under contract if those images and these announcements were legit Vince McMahon would be suing the ever living backside off Dana White in the UFC quicker than you can say god damn it Brock maybe I'm again I'm probably overthinking this probably being a bit of a conspiracy theorist but I just wonder whether they're just deliberately trying to throw us off the scent and Brock wins I don't know that's just I'm just putting it out there again guns on my head rains all day long but I just wanted to throw the alternative view in there you think yep thinking too hard I understand why you would come at at it that way but it's uh, I think it's thinking too hard do you want to get anywhere into discussing the events of UFC today or not not particularly relevant I don't think I think it just distract from what we've what we're doing no let's let's cover that maybe another time if needs be okay McGregor headlines Wrestlemania 35 <laughs> um, not so sure but it's happening it's, it's happening it's happening it's going to happen next year because they're not going to uh, either either I'm going to discuss it very quickly either this is a massive massive work and the US I've never suggested that UFC fights are works I've never suggested any sort of mixed martial arts fights are works. 
people seem to hit one another rather hard to me, so I'm suggesting that they're probably real. However, I do suggest that a lot of what goes on outside the ring, and this goes for boxing as well, is total work. Yep. And so either McGregor is an unbelievably disrespectful, absolute prat that's going out and doing, quite frankly, a criminal doing what he's done today, or this is a gigantic work. I don't think you can have it both ways. Mate, criminal, or, criminal or work. I have had literal first-hand experience of Conor McGregor doing something similar. I was in the arena when he when he was at the Bellator when he did this at Bellator and rushed the cage to attack Mark Goddard. He literally ran right by me as I was stood at cage side to do it. The guys, and then there was all sorts of other shenanigans that I will not get into um, that weren't in the arena. This ain't at work, as far as I can see. And I agree with you, there's a lot that is. This doesn't feel like a work to me. This feels like a man who's losing the plot. Um, and I've, you know, the, the, I've seen that firsthand. I've seen how he's behaving when you wouldn't need to behave like that if it was a work. And I saw today, again, colour me naive, maybe. I might have egg on my face later. It would not be the first time. Wouldn't even be the first time this week. But this looks like a man unraveling to me. My instinct is always work when there's a, when there's something to be sold. Mm. I am not a, I am not a mixed martial arts fan, but I didn't know there was a pay per view coming up, and I do now. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. That's the way I look at it. But we don't want to do too much of that. Let's end on AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. You said earlier on that you're a little bit worried about this match, and I want to know why. Well, firstly, because no match in wrestling can live up to the lofty expectations we and others are putting onto this match it is if it's anything less than the greatest match of all time then it will have less it will not meet met its expectations and i don't think it will be um purely for the fact and let's not take anything away from these two fantastic workers okay we haven't seen much out of nakamura since his debut match in nxt but we know he's got it in the tank AJ Styles is the greatest professional wrestler on the face of the planet. That title might be taken away from him. Um, now Daniel Bryan's back, but for now, he's the greatest professional wrestler on the face of the planet. These two could put on a hell of a match, but my big problem is every wrestling wrestling match is a canvas. And on that canvas, you want to tell a story. It's a work of art. Now, how you tell an effective story is you have a protagonist that you want to root for, and you have an antagonist that you want to see thwarted, defeated. This story does not have that none of us mind who wins i wouldn't say we don't care because that's the wrong word we don't mind and therefore we can't truly get into the match as a story you know think of every great match in history we had somebody we wanted to win the one that springs immediately to mind to me is um is the uh, is the stone Cold Steve Austin against bret hart at wrestlemania 13 and in some cases the audience might be split like again one that springs to mind um, SummerSlam 92 Bret Hart against British Bulldog there wasn't a consensus on who we wanted to win but every single person in that audience had their guy that they wanted to win and they would cheer for him and boo the other one in this one nobody minds nobody minds there are no AJ Styles fans there are no Shinsuke Nakamura fans they're just fans of a great match it's going to suffer because of it oh that was so well put you you started to lose me at one point, and I was about to give you some examples <laughs> of, of matches where you were, showed you were talking nonsense, and then I got what you meant. You're, you're so right. You're so right. They're not. There's not enough of a. Cla- Listen, it's going to be great. 
Yes. Just sit back, relax, enjoy, watch it, have fun. Hey, uh, do you know what I would do? I'd have a bet with your pal. If you're watching this with someone, great idea. Turn to the guy next to you and say, flip a coin, hedge you, hedge his AJ, tells his Shinsuke, whatever, have a tenner on it. And I, I'm, I'm, a hell of a lot of people listening to this podcast are going to not have encouraging gambling tonight. <laughs> just have a have a bet on something trivial then. If it's not money, just you know the. You know that um, I don't know. You'll wear a dress to the next pay per view. Not a bit Brian Pillman, but it's just to have something on it, so you have a reason for cheering for one guy over the other. It matters more when there's money on it. Say Betfair. Uh, say say Skybet. Um, but you're right because the kind of person again, I'm painting a quote of the fans again, but the kind of person that would support AJ Styles is very is very likely to support Shinsuke Nakamura. They're similar sort of backgrounds, they're similar sort of acts in some ways um, it may just be that AJ gets the nod from the Americans and that Shinsuke gets the nod from the internationals but I don't think the internationals dislike AJ enough um, you know, had they made it a little bit more USA USA, you know, that might have been something, but that's not really AJ's character to do no. it um, no, I think you're right. I think it's a really, really good point. Because even, like, yeah, babyface matches that we're thinking of, forget how, you know, overrated or underrated you may feel the match is, but the Iron Man match between Brett and Sean. Yeah, you were probably a Brett guy or a Sean guy. Mm-hmm. You were probably the sort of old-school WWF proper wrestler guy, or you were, I like, the flashy, slightly more brazen Sean Michaels. Although he wasn't quite DX Shawn Michaels by then, he still had that, you know, slightly different edge. I, I think it's a great point. Um, the only one I can think of, you know, in in going through WrestleMania in my brain right now, that would be at the top level because I'm thinking, you know, a match that's been discussed several times in on this this podcast. The styles might be different, but I'm not sure about the fans. Brett and Piper, you know, you might think are a little bit sim- not similar styles. But might have a similar sort of, you know, fan support. I see where you're and coming went, from. I see where you're coming okay, from. But I don't think that's high profile enough to really argue against you. So the only one I'm going to offer you, and I still think I'm I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here. I still think you can talk your way out of it. The only one I'm going to offer you is is Hogan Warrior. And now I think everyone had one that they would pick. I think it's yeah. a little bit... Hogan Warrior is a little bit messy Ronaldo, isn't it? Yes. You can res, you can respect that they're both good, but you're going to pick one or the other. And uh, But I think it's the closest in the sense that I think the kind of person that would have supported Hulk would have supported Warrior. I think there's a similar sort of, you know, type of wrestling fan, you know, that would either love both or reject both or whatever. But... I do think people would have picked one or the other. They were the clear two top guys. Austin Rock the same. I was I was about to so, suggest Austin Rock as another possible yeah. example. So I think you've hit the nail on the head because this is not this is not the top guy and the second guy. Well, and listen, I think actually to, to to round it off and to give you the full credit, um, the nearest no, the, not the nearest to this match, but the the best example of them getting it right with one of these wrestlers involved is AJ Styles versus John Cena. You know, mm. how great those matches have been. And yes, almost certainly everyone watching those matches wanted Cena to win or wanted Styles to win. Because they they are, they are, you know they address different demographic sections of the audience, whereas AJ and Shinsuke don't. I think I I I'd not really looked at it that way properly. 
I think you might have mentioned it a few weeks ago and I didn't fully appreciate what you were talking about I think you've explained it very well and I think that's a hell of a point it doesn't give you a prediction though um, who wins Styles I agree why are you saying that I'm saying that because and I'm not saying with any great degree of confidence but I just don't think they see Nakamura as a long term main event where they do stars I think what they've done I think this whole push for Nakamura up to the very main event and winning the Royal Rumble is deliberately to get this dream match in a higher profile as possible and to get and to serve that area of the fans that might otherwise be distracted by a very resurgent New Japan this match and its profile has been given is a direct counter to all the attention that New Japan's been given. It's to bring that attention back to WWE. Once that match is done, I don't think Nakamura has as much use to the WWE as Styles does. So I'm going with Styles as the winner. When you have the situation in your brain that um, you think that the two people like AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura would be too similar to fans wouldn't be diametrically opposed enough as fans what happens when AJ Styles wrestles Daniel Bryan oh god watch the universe explode um, both as faces and you've got a similar problem I don't think we see them wrestle both as faces ok what do you do about that I think by the time that match comes around I don't think we should rush into that match I think, uh, I think we make AJ the heel again AJ's a much more capable heel than Daniel Bryan is I have always thought that you should basically stand from one WrestleMania to the next and say, right now, who are our two best wrestlers or biggest draws, whichever way you, you want to approach mm-hmm. it. And I would say, if you think that your best two wrestlers are AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, I think it should be next year's WrestleMania main event, or at least next year, our match that you aim for at next year's WrestleMania. Very similar to how you said about Asuka and um, Ronda I would want to be sitting here now and say I want to do AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan sure. the difference could be if you're not sure that Bryan can make it if you think he might have another couple of matches in him and then he's going to get hurt again but I would want to do AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan so um, I'll protect that as much as I possibly can and I'm going to protect it by having AJ mm. unbeaten for a year uh, that's to me the way of doing it the alternative <laughs> is to find a way of doing AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns because that brings your match into it because Roman Reigns is there in their minds their biggest draw and AJ Styles is the best wrestler Yep. and if you do the best wrestler versus the biggest draw you are then going to have the you know whatever they try and do with Roman over the next 12 months you are going to have that difference in um, demographics that you're talking about so I would have walked into this podcast saying that I want to do AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan as my main event next year. I now think I probably want to do AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns because you've, you've you've given me a very cogent argument, and I'll I'll work out what I'm going to do with Daniel Bryan at another time. <laughs> Fair enough. This is an exhaustive and possibly exhausting look at WrestleMania 34. It is one that I am looking forward to just as much now as I was three hours ago before we started this podcast. I will be looking forward to it even more so. Uh, in around about what am I saying 70 hours time or so uh, when we start getting into our build up 
for WrestleMania. You are, as Paul said, you'll probably listen to this uh, Friday, Saturday, as we build into the WrestleMania weekend. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed our insights into it. Um, and if so, and if you're kind of on our bandwagon and you think you think wrestling similar to us, well, come and join us uh, on Sunday night on April the 8th in 25 different venues to see WrestleMania 34 with Hooked On events. We honestly think that it's the second best way, other than being there, of enjoying the pay-per-views. We're going to have a blast. We fully intend to, and we want you to do it with us. We've given you uh, everything you need to know in this podcast about how you can join us. But one final time, hookedonevents.co.uk, ringsideworld.co.uk to get your tickets. Any information that you want, please, please come to us um, uh, at hookedonevents.co.uk for information, but also on our social media, which is Paul... Uh, facebook.com forward slash ho wrestling twitter at ho underscore wrestling or increasingly so nowadays um, instagram at hooked underscore on underscore wrestling wonderful stuff paul i will see you on sunday uh, a lot of the uh, listeners i will also see you sunday in the clapham ground in london for everyone else enjoy it wherever you're going to be Uh, enjoy the fact that we have this kind of show every year enjoy the fact that you can watch it uh, in a different sort of environment but moreover I need to say this is the Hooked On Podcast I've been Rob McNichol with Showbiz Paul Benson and it's Wrestlemania enjoy it (laughs) 